Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 219 of the 22 Shots of Moves and More podcast is coming at you live and direct with the entire 22 Shots collective up in the spot tonight. We got Jeremy Patrick, a.k.a. Double Shot J. Jeremy the Jew, also known as, let me guess it, the Jew. Dave, the grumpy, bitter old man, Parker. And I be your boy, the toxic offender, Moves. Going on, homies. Yeah, I laughed at the most uh, the most popular uh, comment about last week's show was that Dave lost his shit and he almost exploded. I think that was the best, uh, the number one comment about the show last. Week. I re-listened to the show and felt like a piece of shit. Like Mooch is just like at one point, at one point, Mooch says, Dave. Yeah, I like that movie, and then I yell at him for no reason, and I was just like, "Fuck, man, I sound like a fucking prick." I'm so irritated. My, my favorite thing about my favorite thing about Dave. Is I love how Dave has like two separate personalities. He's got twenty two shots personality, Dave, and then he's got his own channel, Dave. You well, are so calm. Good. You're so calm on your channel, and you're just so you're so well reserved, and just you're you're just a nice dude on there. But then you like come into here, and you're just like, "Well, I like this movie. Fuck you. You're a piece of shit." No, it's it's two moves. Different it's, it's what They've said about me forever. My friends, my Dustin, when we're making movies, he's like, "There's two Dave: energetic, happy Dave." <laughs> And then when Dave gets tired, there's Sleepy right, Dave. Right, right. Sleepy Dave is a You know what the irony yeah, that's is? What, that's what I am on the show, like half the time, because we go on like eight hours. And then before right. long, I'm just like, all right. Yeah, Dave. I get it, though, too, man, because those, those bigger shows. <laughs> yeah, but shows... that was in like hour like one, though. I was tired. <laughs> no, well, because they are, the intro was an hour. It was probably about three hours into that Ow. when we started talking about that movie. But the, the irony yeah. is, is like my nickname is Moods, obviously. And that's actually how I got my nickname was just being like two different people all the Moody. time when I was younger. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we like, I, dissimilar. I was always we super happy, dissimilar. lots of energy and shit like that. But then when shit like went a little bit left on me, I would just lose my shit. <laughs> right? So hence the mood. My dad but, was like that too. Yeah. My dad was a fucking. Well, I, I guess have, we just know that if Dave has a wife and kids and the wife's still alive and the kids are dead, he's going to kill the wife anyway. So <laughs> I ain't killing I the wife. I'm getting killed. I'm dying. That yeah, dying but, Zaza, Zaza, but the kids are already dead. You can't bring them back. Why would you kill your wife too? I'm not killing her. I'm just so upset. I don't know what's going on because I ain't no little bitch. I'm going <laughs> head first, getting shot right in the face, and then I don't have to fucking face the world anymore because I'm already and credits. And so, credits. <laughs> right. Dave right. does this it's thing over. where Dave does this thing where he gets all crazy. You could tell when Dave is getting heated up because his he talks faster and faster. As he, yeah, as and well, his tone changes mad. too. He gets into this like he's almost like he's pulled back away from the mic, and he's like he's got his chest so far out, and he's just like I, I can picture him. You know, he gets his chest out here, and then he's like, and then he has and his chest is literally touching the microphone. His chest is touching the microphone, and his head is behind his chair. I do it all the anger or remorse. Like he'll flip out and then feel bad about it later. Right? Did it at work? Like fucking, I don't even want to go to the whole story, but I've literally fucking snapped and just started like kicking shit and then, uh, <laughs> or like freaked out on somebody and they got pissed back. Cause you know, it's, so we're yelling at each other. And then like five minutes later I walk over, I was like, I'm sorry. I lost my mind. I, I'm sorry. I don't know, fuck. I'm crazy. <laughs> like, All right, it's cool. I that help that happened to me and my boss one time. Just lose your mind sometimes, you get man. Stressful situations. You oh lose yeah. Situations. It, it takes man, a while for me to get get like super pissed, but when I do, it's like very bad. I yeah. don't trust nobody without a temper. Right, but you're in a good group of people to to be like that because we don't give a fuck. No, 
Well, that's why it's 22 shots, Dave, and it's a different forum. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sleepy, Dave. I'm good, Dave. You can say whatever you want here. And, uh, <laughs> come about 8:15, maybe sleepy Dave will enter the picture. Oh boy! <laughs> oh man, we've been yelling at each other for eight years, man. Nobody takes this shit to heart, man. It is what it is. You know, I mean, it is true. I mean, I mean on podcasting, I mean, I mean, if we didn't have difference of opinions, if we've mentioned this before, how boring would it be? But it just, it like really said, gets entertaining we, when you get like he really heated and at the end of it, you're like, ah, fuck it, man, whatever, man, I want to go for beer. If me and Mood survive yeah. the it blurriness, we could survive everything. <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck, uh, it's true. Fuck. That was the maddest Mood's ever got at me on the show is that fucking. That might even be it, the most pissed off i've ever been on the show like it takes me a lot to actually get go like i will raise my voice and 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 yell but like i'm not really mad right i think that was one of the very few times where i think i was legitimately getting fucking heatedly pissed off jeremy can make you mad i just don't know how to explain it like you'll be in mid-sentence and he'll just say something like that's off like topic or he'll just fucking pick the right thing to piss you off and you're just like lose it like go from like zero to like a hundred in like two seconds i don't know yeah people used to give me shit and saying that i'm mean to him back in the day but i was like you have no like dude just be around him and do a show with him and you will fucking understand bro he has no slight jabs he goes right for the throat every time he tries to make funny he goes right for the <laughs> fucking throat that's so, why i'm always come back so much harder because i'm like you, you're not like slowly yeah but you come back like not on the show you just come back <laughs> like my jab at jp was him disagree like today i was like we were all like we hate snow me and you and dave z and like brandon and then uh, he was like i'm surprised J- jp didn't fucking just automatically change his mind because uh, he's a contrarian <laughs> like a, like a slight jab it's nothing very really offensive yeah. It was funny. I laughed. But, it, it, uh, like Jer- but I'll tell you one thing. From all these years of being with Jeremy, I don't really get m- mad at him like I used to. That is true. Like, we've mostly got along. We've kind of got – we've kind of grown up a little bit. It's well, been, you have. It's been I a mean, little thing, man. Fought, we haven't fought in a long time. I got – I think we fought once. But at the end of the day, I think since I got in therapy, I don't really take shit for uh, – I try to look at it in both ways these days. I try not to pick shit. It's not worth it. Yeah, it, it, right. it's like the little things with me, man. Like, you know, the days where I'd be trying to do an intro or something. And when I had the really long ones and I could hear Jeremy <laughs> in the background making noise and he's just always interrupting. And I'm like, fuck, bro. <laughs> like, bro, like I, I put a little bit of effort into this and you're just fucking my shit up, man. Like, that's actually <laughs> what led to when most people consider to be the most annoying fucking five minutes in 22 shots history when I when I used the dick sample. But I was so mad after that intro that, like, I just had to do something about it, man. I was so pissed because he kept fucking with me. He kept interrupting, and I was really trying to, like, focus and do this shit properly. And then when, when I finally got it out, and then he, he said something that set me off, and I was like, fuck, you're just being a dick, dude. You're fucking being well, a dick. That's what makes us great, though. But it was so frustrating because it's it's <laughs> that time where he just give me great. 30 seconds in the beginning of the show it just is. to get it out. And, like, I couldn't get it out, man. I was like, fuck. I was so that, fucking mad. That would annoy the shit out of me, too, because I hate when I'm, like, trying to, like, focus on something and yeah. someone's, like, bugging me. It's the fucking worst. Like, oh, I yeah. have to think about it, like what next year next december is 10 years who the fuck would have thought we've been doing this shit for 10 years and 10 years ago not That's me fucking crazy 10 years is a long goddamn time for a podcast for sure we're still doing it i so. mean bros we gotta we gotta start thinking about episode 250 i know that's oh, a little bit away no <laughs> but it's only 30 episodes away man i mean well, honestly we're not gonna get to it no pictures. we're not gonna we get to it before our break 15, though i think 12 or 15 episodes last year the just whole do friday year. 13th 
are we doing i wanted to do that for 200 are we doing the 94 top 10 show is it gonna be the last show before the break is that what we're gonna do we're gonna do it like in well i think we're doing it april may yeah, yeah probably may. because i mean this honestly the the prep for this is a lot shorter i mean for most of us i mean dave's gonna go completely batshit insane he already has but I, I, I've already I, I, at 62 i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna watch 60 because i feel like that really is covering a lot of the bases i know without watching like the 400 asian movies that are there but <laughs> you're leaving a lot on the table moods how no. you not gonna watch fucking red eyes or relative fear okay let me ask you something let me ask you something so out of all the um like the obscure asian films that you've watched so far is there any legit chance that one or two of those might make your top 10 list given what some of the heavy hitters are 94 i mean i know your taste yeah to a point one one, i know uh, some of those make it for sure and I think some other ones that are, are probably better than some of the stuff I like would make other people's lists. Like something like Angel Dust, I think, is a good enough movie that you guys should watch. Right, right. A lot of people like it. Like, I really like Love Minus Zero Equal Infinity. I don't know if people will like that. Mm-hmm. Underground Banker is exploitation fun. I yeah. think it's worth watching. Stuff like that. But <laughs> Yeah, I got uh, one for... After watching these I, movies, I just came to realize that I don't like Asian movies. I don't well, know. I, you haven't watched. My- there's so many different kinds of Asian movies, though. Oh, dude! Like I'm watching so many- these, going, man, I, I don't like Asian movies. Well, you should watch some <laughs> of the J- Japan movies, J- Japanese ones. I know these ones, these Evil Dead trap movies are bonkers, but not every Japanese movie is completely bonkers. Like, like this. the way they have sex in all these movies I've seen, it's like the most over the top, hilarious things. The hamburger. Yeah, they just yeah. have sex in like funny ways in every Asian movie I watch. I feel like funny. I feel like this covers like there's so many different levels of of Japanese cinema and like this trilogy right here, which you know technically isn't actually a, yeah. a trilogy. I mean, they're not even really related at all. You know, but they're the thir- like in name only. But the, they're all yeah. different movies, man. Like the first one, you know, is pretty bad shit. The second one is is totally different, and the third one's like totally different too. So. But then you, we're not really getting some of that that later Japanese cinema, like the Tetsuos and, and all that type of shit. Like, there's so many different levels of Japanese cinema, but this yeah, one then, does cover I mean, three different types like of levels. Japanese ghost stuff too. Yeah, like, like there's so many different. Yeah, there's so many different levels, and I, I feel like this yeah. gives you three different looks at Japanese cinema for sure. Um, you know, which is kind of interesting with the the first film, what what's going on in that one. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, Asian cinema is not for everybody, for sure. I guess. I mean, it. it it's an acquired taste. I don't I like think, to like, say that like as a whole, kind of music. I don't like to say that as a whole because I feel like if you're watching, you know, uh, films from Hong Kong, you know, and then you're watching films from J- J- uh, Japan, and like there's so nothing many alike. Nothing they're just, alike. They're yeah. nothing alike. So if you just say Asian cinema, you're just kind of lumping everything into one, which I think is kind of unfair. Completely it's unfair. It's super unfair because like South Korea has like their own flair. Like right. there's their own style, yeah. their own subject matters. Whereas like Japanese, it, I would say it has a wider range of, of different types of things that they've done. They're a little bit more probably quirky. A bigger history. If you had to say Japanese definitely cinema, definitely more quirky, you know, in a nutshell, just it's quirky. It's a little bit more quirky and they, they, they do a lot more out of left field type shit where, you know, and you know, the Hong Kong cinema and stuff. I mean, look at the category three films. There, there's some bad shit weirdness in there too, uh, but it's just, it's a, over the top. It's a little bit more sleazy. It, it's almost, yeah, it's Sleazy. almost like sleazy, over the top, but like almost more serious toned type stuff. Even like with, with Ebola comedy s- elements for no reason. There's always comedy for no reason. Like Ebola like. Syndrome is a great example of a Category Three film. That's just you know, I mean, the subject matter is like it's laughable, but it's kind of serious at the same time. Like what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> like, I would 
actually say the Japanese movies are more serious in tone. The Hong Kong movies have always start as a comedy, but then they have like they always start as like comedic. Well, they deal with serious like issues, but then they become really like dra- dramas. They yeah. always end up as dramas at the very end. Yeah, like, they, they always they end up dealing with you like sad. Yeah, they always deal with like serious issues at one but point. Goofy. Yeah, but they're goofy. But yeah, I mean Japanese. I will say, man, it, it can definitely throw you for a loop. Um, mental wise because some of their shit's pretty pretty extremely odd it gets you thinking you're like okay does that make any fucking sense like where is this going like it can do that to you a little bit so um but yeah to lump everything into one category i think is a little bit unfair there's just there's just so much man there's just so much out there but um but yeah you know i mean the this trilogy is a great example of films that you know i could see maybe one being for some people you know, and it could be either one of the three, right? You know, well, it just depends if you like rape or not. Speaking of rape, pop out those uh, those Buffalo Bills moods. You know, I felt like watching that game the first drive. I was like, okay, I think we're 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 setting the tone here pretty fucking strong. I didn't real like it's crazy to think that they were gonna fucking throw you know get seven touchdowns and not even punt the ball kind of thing. But it was like a statement win because I mean, if you're gonna beat a team down as bad as they beat the Pats you got to beat the Pats like that because it's been redemption for like the last 20 years kind of thing. Right. So yeah, that's right. Your it, it feels, so it feels good to not have the most embar- embarrassing loss of the, of the week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause like, I think that Pats loss was way worse than ours. Cowboys yeah. too was a bad loss. Yeah. Like you, Cowboys knew you, were probably, literally, you knew you were probably going to lose. Yeah. Anyway, everybody so knew like, that the chiefs were going to win that game, but yeah, the the Cowboys really shit the bed. I mean, they, they they're a joke. They're a fucking joke, man. dude. Their time management in the end of that game was some of the worst I've ever seen in my life. Who would run the ball with fourteen seconds left with no time? Out? But if you're gonna run the ball, <laughs> you gotta go to the sideline, dude. Well, like, no, you can do it that way. You just have to. You can only go like ten yards. You know what I mean? Right. If you time it right, ten yards. It's been done so many times. Yeah, like just get the first down. You can right? Run ten yeah. yards and and then clock it and you get one shot at the end zone from the 20 yard line, which is much better than the 30 yard line or whatever. But, right. um, it, it, the, the, uh, honestly, most of the games were kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping tonight's game is a little bit. It was better. a trash weekend besides the Cowboys game. The yeah. The Cowboys order. game got exciting. It was, yeah. but they do, they had so many penalties against like, like pre-snap penalties. Fine. It was like ridiculous. They should be ashamed of themselves. Man. Well, it depends where you're coming from, man. Me being a diehard bills fan, that shit was exciting as hell because I would rather just see a one-sided win like that because I didn't want, well, of course I didn't want a close game because I can't handle my ticker. Can't handle that shit anymore, man. Oh, I you know, know I've that. been a least yeah, fan forever. The same and, like, way. Every game is like, it, it, it's just literally, I can't even watch the screen anymore because it's just so <laughs> fucked up. Right. And then, so t- to see that type of one-sided win, I was like, you know what? So we're going to go on most likely. Pl- I'm thinking to myself, we're going to be playing the chiefs. Most likely it's not going to be that game next week. Just put it that way. You know, oddly enough, both teams had huge blowouts and what do we have? Seven touchdowns. They had, you guys had six? Six, six, six. six. So 13 yeah. touchdowns between the two teams in one game? Holy shit, man. Yeah, but, I mean, th- th- this is going to be a good rematch of uh, yeah, last year. Yeah, but this year. is what happens when you have an extra playoff teams. You have boring-ass games. So, fuck that. Yeah, I yeah. don't know, though. I don't think that that's really affecting it that much. Because the, the, the seven seed, yeah, I mean, both seven seeds did bad, but... Yeah, look at the I fucking Eagles, dude. <laughs> that game was shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a six seed one. Yeah. Right. 
But a 60 could win every year, though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't mind it though, man. It expands the season like a little it. bit. It's more revenue. Yeah. It's 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 better because the the NFL season's short. You know, it's really short as it is, man. You might as well just give us a little bit more. It's going to be weird and, having the Super Bowl like pretty much in the middle of February, though. That's odd. Yeah, it seems really it's late. Usually but January, the, right? The first Sunday. Of yeah, it, it usually falls yeah. Like, at the end of January, the just at the beginning of February kind of thing. But now it's like the thirteenth or four. It's crazy. It's like two. Weeks I think later. it's the twelfth, maybe. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's pretty twelfth or thirteenth, almost in the middle of the month. So, but I think that all it's going to take is like one seven seed to to give a huge upset, and everybody will be like, "Man, that was cool." <laughs> right, right. I hate it. Yeah. So, do you like Scream Five? Don't spoil it. I'm not going to say, but did you like it? I liked it. You know, I mean, there was there was things I I thought there was some clever parts in it. the The requel thing got actually made me laugh. It did. That's the best scene in in Randy's house. the The only problem with that scene, though, is that it kind of tells you exactly what they're doing, right? Um, But. It was entertaining. I thought there were some clever parts. Uh, There's some decent. Uh, well, there was one really good kill that I was actually kind of yeah. shocked to see. I was like, "Whoa, that was yeah, crazy!" I all the kills were good, but you know, I mean, it definitely the the movie felt like a scream movie, which is a good thing. You know, it it, it held that appreciation for the Craven films and stuff. I thought, um, and you know, they were clever in what they were doing for the most part. I think there was there was one thing in the end of the movie I thought was really stupid. Um, but other than that, though, it was it wasn't bad. It was it was I, definitely worth the watch. I mean, if you're a Scream fan, you're probably going to love the movie, right? So there, there was a out. ton of Easter eggs in there. Like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, a ton, tons. Like Carly pointed one out that I didn't even notice, but in Scream Four, the one cop tells Gail her uh, lemon squares suck. Yeah, and then on the fr- <laughs> on the fridge of her house. It, there was a note that said lemon squares in the fridge or oh, something. I, oh, I didn't yeah, even yeah, catch yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even, I, I, I remember the yeah, note and stuff, but right. I didn't put the, she, I didn't put it together because, because she's trying to win over Dewey in part four. And then yeah. right. Right. Gal walks in. It's like your lemon squares suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, there's a, there's a lot of little, and Jeremy pointed out the one yeah. that I didn't even see, but it, it the, when they're watching a YouTube video of stab and shit, there's a little uh, they're watching it on YouTube and in the recommended videos it's like uh you know Woodsboro survivor speaks out and it's Kirby from part 4 uh Hayden Panettiere's character. Yeah. And uh, I was like wow that's so cool cuz she's like my favorite character in like the whole series. Oh, I didn't even notice and, that one uh, either. Mm. Yeah, there's you think like she's dead, so maybe she'll show up who knows. Yeah, and uh there's like I think that I just think that they the heart was in the right place for it, and it 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 really felt like they cared about the franchise, which is a huge deal to people who are a big fan of the franchise. And uh, I, it was just fun to see the gang back together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I yeah. did have some issues with probably similar things that you did. Yeah, as well, but. I, I I just thought like yeah, I don't want to say too much, but there was definitely yeah, yeah. one thing that was in the third act that I kind of like. And, you know, me and Dylan talked about it after in the parking lot. And he's like, dude, I was thinking the exact same thing. And I'm like, yeah, that was kind of weird. But, you know. Did you see the stab box set? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it looked like a Scream Factory box set or something. Right, right. It was so funny. I love how they um, had like the, the 
like on the IMDb page, it had like Luke Wilson and stuff. Who? Yeah, <laughs> well, well, they're even like who played who played uh, the killer in uh, the first stab movie, they're right? Like, Luke I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a seven. Thanks, guy. I don't have to watch it anymore, so I'm gonna give that a seven. Dude, these are these are yeah. like no. Nah, yeah, those little bits are the best parts of the movies for me. You didn't even see Scream. You wouldn't even understand the bits. You've never seen Scream. Well, guess four. what? When I watched Scream Four before, right before this, <laughs> oh, you'll you'll, you'll forget Scream about five. all this. You'll forget about all this, man. I scrolling through, you see David Schwimmer on there. <laughs> it's funny. And it's not my fault. You have it. You're fucking ten years behind on Scream movies. Well, it is. You talking about Scream Five, which has been out in theaters for like a week. Not even three days. Yeah, Friday. What forty? Almost forty million? Thirty-five million or something? Well, they didn't get my fucking ten bucks yet. Thirty-five million. Yeah, these That's movies good, keep making man. money. That's good. That is good. They're, they're they're definitely gonna be making more of these for sure. I hope they do. I I, I enjoy. That. Well, you guys know how I feel about the Scream films, but yeah, you never liked them. You were always a bigger um, fan of Leprechaun, <laughs> especially Leprechaun Two. Dude, so I actually excited. do like. I think I do like the Leprechaun franchise more than the Scream. Get franchise. the fuck out of here! I'm not even joking. Because I oh, love man. Scream two and Post three. Postmaster P. Postmaster P. Can you know what I mean? Like, I, get... Scream one is one of my favorite movies, and I love Scream four, and I really like Scream five as well. But two and three, like, never really did it for me as much as like the other films. So. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think Scream Three is like pretty shitty. One good Leprechaun movie. No, like two good Leprechaun. Leprechaun movies. One, Two, Three. I also like. No, Two is not a good movie. In the Hood, Back to the Hood, and Returns, all solid. I like the, I like the new Leprechaun movie too, man. The new yeah, Leprechaun the movie new one's was good. Fun. One, the new Leprechaun, and Three. Yeah, three is good. Yeah, three is fun, man. The setting of part three, it makes so much sense. I just, I love that they took it to Vegas, man. It's pretty cool. They got to do it in the Old West, man, in the gold rush. I bet I said that right after I watched Leprechaun on the Hood. I was like, why isn't fucking Leprechaun fucking having like draws with people and shit? (laughs) Dude, right? right. It writes itself. They're (laughs) like, no, we're going back to the hood. Well, that was Warwick <laughs> Davis's idea. Like, if you listen to the commentary on, like, uh, In the Hood, like, he always said that he thought the, like, Leprechaun in the G- Gold Rush era would be, like, a great one. Oh, it's one. perfect. But guess what? They hate horses. That's a pain in the ass. So it's, not, right. so it's not Brian Tenchard Smith's fault that he made the best one and then one of the worst ones right after? So if it was Warwick Davis's idea to take it to space and he's just like, yeah, well, I guess we'll roll with that. We'll take it from one amazing <laughs> setting to the worst fucking cliched setting for a part four ever. Hey, it wasn't cliched in 94, man. Yeah, but I mean, it, I mean, it was already, it had already been done in the fourth one, man, in the Hellraiser series, right? Wasn't that in space? No, no, like, no. Uh, Leprechaun came out first. How was the parody fucking series? Did it really? Goofy, yeah, most no goofy series, the fucking first one to take it to space. Like, you think they'd parody the fucking shitty, the, the fucking shitty versions, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Hellraiser, do you think it'd be a parody? I mean, I'm just kidding. I haven't watched a lot of those Leprechaun movies in forever, but rewatching part two for 94, not, not a fan. Oh yeah! Dude, can you are... imagine the leprechaun on a pony, like like for, <laughs> like the, a little for the western pony. one? Yeah, like he has like a little little pony horse. <laughs> when did Hellraiser four come out? Was it ninety six? Was it one of the ninety six uh, movies? No, ninety eight. Yeah, ninety six. Oh, they came out ninety six. Okay, so I, I was trying. Okay, that doesn't. I think make it's ninety eight. Yeah. Let's look. No, I don't know. it's not ninety. No, I'm pretty sure it's ninety six. I'm pretty sure we watched it for the ninety six review or the the. No, wait, it's two thousand two. Actually, no, it's not. Hellraiser four. Yeah. No way. 
Is it? I don't know. No, oh, it's not. It's, it's 96. a 1996 American. It's a 96. Yeah, man. Yeah. I remember watching Inferno's it now for the 96 it. show. Yeah, I just couldn't. 2002. Right. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Uh, we we watched. I, thought, I was thinking. It? I was thinking when I watched it. Two of them came out in 2000. Wasn't there two movies? Yeah, Gatter and the other one. Yeah, man. I saw I fucking it. those movies suck. I saw fucking part four right when it came out. I was super excited. I yeah, was hyped. They, they're terrible as Hellraiser sequels, but you know, if you take the names off, you know, it's it's like a lot of fucking franchise sequels, man. That's you, like ordering a sandwich at a restaurant and then having to take everything off and then saying the sandwich is okay. Th- this is how I feel about <laughs> what I ordered. This is how I feel about the new Paranormal Activity movie. I think it's dubbed Mexican. And I feel like, you know, obviously this movie doesn't have any connection to the, the other franchise and it's they're releasing it, you know, under the paranormal activity name to sell it, obviously. But I mean, I feel like it's getting I, I honestly don't know if it's being that hated on, but I feel like it would probably get a little bit more praise if it was just called Mexican because the movie itself isn't that bad. I thought, man, yeah, I thought okay. it was pretty but good. But as a paranormal it's activity like- sequel, it literally makes no sense to the franchise. It's because I wish they would have at least connected it a little bit. Like, I know, like just make a reference to the original. Series. And, and that's what Damn makes it. it so it makes your fucking, you know, scratch your head a little bit. You're like, okay, so the paranormal activity franchise is one of the only franchises that has like six movies that, you know, has continuity straight through it. And then they make another right. one, and this one is just, like, out of left field. I'm like, why would they do this? But, you know, I watched it, and I, I didn't really ask anyone's opinions, but I'm like, I kind of like this movie, man. It wasn't bad. <laughs> I liked it, too. That's yeah. a cool yeah. idea. It was a fun yeah. found footage movie. I like the ending. Yeah, as a found footage good. movie yeah. called Next to Kin, drop the paranormal activity part, and you're like, okay, it's not that bad. It really good is. Winter, good winter setting yeah. on that one, too. I, I kind of like the idea of it, though. You know, it mm-hmm. was, it wasn't, it was different. And I, I, I fucking, I was never bored for a second. And I thought it was pretty cool. So I don't know how the fuck I weaseled my way and getting to see Hellraiser four when it came out, I was only 10 and I had been watching those. I saw a fucking Hellraiser when I was like eight. I saw how weaseled by like five. Yeah. I somehow weaseled my parents into letting me watch part fucking four. I remember renting it and like we were watching it with the I, Siamese I've, twins and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was very disappointed in four when I rented it as a kid. I've told this story like, before. I watched Hellraiser like, three actually in the, in the cinema. It was like, a um, when did it come up with Hellraiser three was 93. Yeah. It must've been 93. Yeah. And they were doing, um, it was here for like one night for like a midnight madness showing. That's about right. I'm not even yeah. joking, dude. And like, I actually we're, was we're able to go because we we're showing this in a theater. That's what they were talking about. Uh, I was staying, I think, I think I can't, I can't remember the actual details, but I might've been staying at one of my buddy's house. And then we ended up going. Cause I don't think my mom would ever let me, I don't know. I can't remember. But anyways, the point is we went and saw this at midnight. Actually. 92. Yeah. And I was like, that's just, it's always one of those memories. I'm like, yeah, I got to see that in the cinema. And it was there for like one midnight madness showing you know very typical small town canadia but uh your favorite cinebite was the, but, the cd cinebite of course and i was really i always loved that one because it was so different than the previous two entries yeah right? hellraiser in color dude it's like he's in like bright color pinhead well what? i mean honestly at age 12 you were 12 when you saw i love that movie as a kid I and still i'd, see, like and it. I'd seen the two like and, and i had seen I the like other ones too. so and you know honestly man the first oh. two movies like really kind of shook me up a little bit because they were gory and they were just like they were kind of like freaky they're movies dark to me. too they're they're gross they're, they're very gross graphic movies. and violent and sexual and then yeah and they then the third kids. one comes out and to me it, it felt like it was like hellraiser in the real world slasher film that's what it kind of felt like to me it felt so different but i i always had this you know connection with it and i always really kind of dug it and stuff i don't think it's like overly the greatest movie or nothing but it's a fun one Good memories. Yeah, it's a like, chance it makes your top ten it, of ninety. It's gory, man. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you use a camera. Oh, you're going to be a camera set away. <laughs> yeah. You, you like it's like we wrote guys? it. It's like we wrote right. it. It's like fan action <laughs> from Hellraiser. It's not even real Hellraiser shit. <laughs> yeah, but back then, at least it was still written as a Hellraiser movie. So, Oh, yeah. It's like somebody walked into art school and were like, now make, make you see these Cenobites? Now make your own Cenobite. And it's just like a little kid draws a CD. I'm going to have mine like, with CDs. And then they just steal it from like 10 year old art students. Yeah. That's the, that's the type of shit nowadays that gets your kids thrown into therapy for they if they start drawing Cenobites and shit, man. Back in the day, we're yeah. like, oh, this goofy little kid. Oh, you know, I, just kind of throw it off I to the side. Like puppet Masters. Yeah. I used to draw the puppet puppets from Puppet Master on everything. They're like, draw a I lunchbox. I'd be like, eh, hey, fucking tunneler in this lunchbox. <laughs> I used to draw the South Park characters and like Kenny dying in different ways. Wow. That's sick. That's, That's just disturbing, dude. Dude, you need therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like in like, what, fucking like third grade or something doing this? Yeah, I was still in high school actually when uh, South Park premiered. But it premiered 97, so I would have been, yeah, it would have been 17. eight, I think. 97. Yeah. I think I was in 12th grade, man. I think I was, I think that's when it premiered, but I, I always loved it, man. You Fudge laugh like fucking Bonnie Coleman and Little Bob. Because it was like, right? I just think whenever, now whenever I think of men, I was fudge packer you're talking about cannibal the musical yeah you're not even doing the timing that part is the best though oh <laughs> cannibal the musical i swear it gets funnier every time you watch it uh, dude, it's such a funny it movie. does it does because the yeah. first time i saw it i was like this is terrible what is this well, <laughs> i was like i don't get it the first time i watched it i okay this is how stupid i am sometimes it's called cannibal the musical and i was shocked that it was a fucking musical <laughs> I'm so stupid. I actually, I didn't think it was going to be like a full on musical, right? But <laughs> fucking stupid, man. So I was a little bit taken back by it. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. But yeah, it gets better. Yes. Did did you, did you watch Kenny versus Spenny? I did. Yeah, I watched. Uh... <laughs> okay. Cause it's a Canadian show. And I was <laughs> no, like, I, 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 well, Jeremy didn't know about it. And I was like, oh, it's such a fun show. I just, Cause there's talking about rebooting it. Oh my God. Do Kenny always picking on Spenny, man? was like. Dude, it's he would so, always he fuck him so over. So he would mad, fuck dude. him over so bad. But he would legit. It was so funny, dude. He would just dude, mess I with him it. so bad. I, I love. I was that. watching I the one yesterday when episode. they were trying to lose weight, and he's putting fucking laxatives in all his fruit without him knowing. Yeah, he's fucking dying. <laughs> I probably saw all of them, man. I used to watch this shit all the time because it was just it was hilarious watching Spenny just freak the fuck out. But he was always legitimately getting fucked over. <laughs> right? Oh, he was getting fucked over. So, like, like, there's some really bad. Like, he remember Kenny actually gave him LSD. Like, this show could yeah. never work today. No, like, really Kenny did. actually gave like like poison him with LSD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's legit. Right. Yep, I'd beat the fuck out of somebody if they did. Dude, you, he, your whole day's ruined. He, I mean, it's not like you go. You're not going to work. You got you fucking fucked up for like eight hours. He legitimately well, they, put they his life working. in danger a bunch of times. Oh yeah, for sure. Like just for the for sake sure. of entertainment, like it's just ridiculous. like he drank like a whole bottle of laxative. <laughs> Especially if you didn't know you were dosed. If you didn't oh, know yeah. you were on LSD, that's you're super like, dangerous. Super dangerous, man. Because like, <laughs> yeah, people, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Well, if you don't know Have you're on this shit, you're like, what the hell's wrong with me? Like, you, like people do some crazy ass shit when they know they're on fucking acid. You know what I'm saying? Like when you right. don't know, like you could probably go and hurt yourself, man. Like. It, yeah, it's pretty it's crazy. honestly one of the best Canadian things ever. Ah, uh, Trailer Park Boys, man. Oh, Trailer Park Boys is fucking. Yeah, brutal. Trailer Park Boys is great too. John Candy's the best Canadian thing ever. I mean, that's not hard to argue. I love John Followed Candy. by Chris Farley, who's I not know. Canadian. 
I love John Candy. <laughs> Are we gonna no, talk man, about Bob Saget, man? Fucking Bob Saget, dude. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Did Bob? That's weird. So fucking sad, dude. Like you know what? It was. It was weird. It's crazy that he just. Well, he died in sleep. I don't know if they revealed the cause of death. I'm assuming heart I attack. Did. I'm assuming. But, That's what I'm assuming. But too. they say he died in his sleep, and he did a show the night before, and he was like apparently killed it and was in good spirits, and then that's just how yeah, life is, man. Life. life is he so wasn't short. Super young. He was 65. He was 65 is pretty like, young, though. Yeah. Especially today. And he yeah. was in good shape. It's not like he was out of shape, and he could have had a bad heart. We don't. It's know. the curse of dirty like, works, bro. Yeah, well, Artie Lang is the only one that lived. And, he's the only one left. That's that's pretty ironic, though. I know. Like that guy's been abusing himself for years and years, and he's the only one standing. That's ridiculous. I mean, the last one left. There's a lot of people in it that are still alive. David Koechner, Chevy Chase, they're all still alive. Yeah. Yeah, but all the good people are dead. But Chevy, Chevy Chase, Chase is very is good. Great. David Koechner's pretty. I love great. Chevy, I Chevy Chase, man. He always makes me laugh. He's Those just, guys are hilarious. He's he's the king of sarcastic comedy. The king of sarcastic comedy, man. I mean, he probably is a prick, but he's definitely, he's a definitely prick, but he's still funny. Yeah, yeah. Chevy Chase plays himself in every movie. He, he's just—he's not even an actor. He just plays himself <laughs> in every movie. Sometimes he doesn't even care. Like nothing but trouble. He just hates it. Oh my <laughs> I God. love that movie. Okay, yeah, that, moods watch that. That was the first time watch for me, and like I was it's busting great, isn't it? out. It's, it's a great so. Movie. It's so batshit because of who did it. Like Dan Aykroyd and his brother wrote the movie, and his actually yeah. his brother just passed away too. So rest in peace to him. But. um and I, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing that Dan Aykroyd was involved with actually writing this shit and creating these batshit cra- crazy characters. The scene characters. when they're sitting at the table and they're eating the fucking sausage <laughs> with his dick nose, absolutely. <laughs> and his dick nose and his we dick nose. We used to do that. Oh my we god! We used to so do funny. that. We used to eat like sausage and gross food really slow and bite into it to try to gross each other out. It's like you watch like, some mustard and he says like pumping the fucking mustard on the truck. Oh my God, you know what that reminded me of? When I saw the dick nose, it reminded me of the cartoon. You ever, ever watched the, the Oblongs? Will Ferrell no. did the Will Ferrell did the voice of the dad, and it was basically the dad had no arms and no legs, and he would like drive around. And he was, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and he had this like ridiculous family. But anyways, their little daughter had this big bump on her head, and it was shaped like a penis, and it was definitely shaped like a penis. It was fucking. It, it, it's an adult cartoon, man. It was totally yeah, yeah. It was great. on Adult Swim. Yeah, and it was so yeah, yeah. funny, dude. Like just some of the scenarios that they were putting because the father had no arms and no legs, and he would do shit. It was fucking hilarious, man. Um, but what it, it, the, it uh, got reminded me. See, di- how about Digital Underground, <laughs> dude? And I didn't know this. And you know, for me being like such a head, and like I never knew that they were in this movie. And all of a sudden, Digital Underground shows up and they perform same old song. And Tupac's in there, and like he doesn't have any lines, yeah, but he's like, prevalent. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? This is crazy. I'm like, how did I not know that Digital Underground had a meet, not a major part, but they they literally legit have a bunch Sing of scenes. A song in the middle of the movie. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. crazy. Like we're like, yeah, we're, we're a hip hop band, and I'm like. Wow, that's fucking Shock G, <laughs> aka Humpty Dumpty. I'm like, this is crazy, man. But yeah, no, what a what a weird movie, dude. And I I didn't realize until the credits that Dan Aykroyd was playing the fucking you know the dudes yeah. outside. He was that character too, man. I was like, oh okay, fucking crazy. Yeah, I love that it, movie. It's a it's a fun movie. It really is. It's so weird. It's got to be one of the dude. most weird comedies I've ever seen. The best line in the movie is those like uh, what are those fat twins where they that double a little. Uh, Bobo, little devil. Yeah. And they're like, I'm Bobo. I'm little devil. We're not allowed in the house. <laughs> We're yeah. not allowed in the house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good commentary movie. Uh, it would be, man. That's 
exactly yeah, I, what I, makes you conjures. That was the first when we did that for uh, ninety one. That was the first time watch for me, and I was what? like, that was a lot of fun. I grew up with that movie, man. Me and my cousin. I never heard of it. Before. I didn't know about it either, and I don't know how I didn't, man, because it just seems like something I would have saw. But I, I really it wish I had seen it for ninety one all the time, nonstop. Because I, I would have to take a look at my list right now for ninety one, but I'm pretty sure that shit would be making it now. Because I had a lot of fun with that, man. That was just nothing what I expected it to be, man. Like, it's. Do you think it would be my number one for a reason? Come on. Was it your number number one's a bit insane? Nah. Yeah, number one, especially when Child's Play is your favorite Child's Play. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Child's Play. My favorite movie from my favorite franchise is not my number one of a year. That's not a great year. Yeah, it's like, okay. it's like it's like Fright Night being your number one when fucking Demons is your favorite movie in of eighty five. Yeah, no shit. That'd be like if I didn't put Day of the Dead there, I'd be like, you know what? I'm changing it. Someone I would just be like, Dave, really you're fu- blew me away. I'd be Dave. You're fucking with us, man. You're fucking with us, right? Yeah. Jerry Busey. I mean, it was on my top ten, but still. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, definitely a fun watch, man. So glad. Actually, the wife bought me that for Christmas, so. That was kind of cool. Blu-ray, Dizzle. What'd she buy me? I seen you've been doing a lot of uh, 94 watching now. Yeah, I, I, I started. Well, that's what I was doing, man. I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ruin my entire December by watching Christmas movies because I before that I was prepping 21 hard. Like I was watching everything, and I got sick of it because I was like, this year sucks. We'll switch it up to Christmas and whatever the fuck I want to watch. And then I'm like, I have this idea. I'm like, New Year starts. I'll get back. I'll get into 94 because I'm thinking I'm like. 60 movies we've got like four months five months to prep and i'm like it's super easy but then i just realized that i like watching 94 movies <laughs> so i just I started too. watching them all i actually I'm having a good time yeah i've yeah. Not actually had a miserable time at all i've liked almost everything i've watched yeah me too man i haven't really hated anything i mean there's movies that are better than others obviously but you know i'm, I'm mixing it up like i usually do like i'll try to fit in all the sequels because there's like 20 sequels from 94 at sequels. least there's so many of them um, mm-hmm. But so far, it's been pretty decent with, you know, I'd never seen Class of 99 Part 2, The Substitute. I'd never sell out one either before. And I was like, saw it when I was a kid. Huh? That was one of my first reviews on YouTube. <laughs> I never realized that the dude from um, the Kickboxer movies and uh, Step by Step was the lead in the movie, whatever his name is. I just remember from the Kickboxer movies and Step by Step, TGI Friday. What, if you grew up in the 90s. Kickboxer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sequel. He took over for Van Damme in Part 2 and yeah. 3, I think. But he plays the lead in those movies, and he was also the guy from Step by Step, the um, the TGI Friday TV show that was on, and that's how I knew him. Step by Step. I don't remember yeah. anything about uh, Class in uh, 1999 Part 2, The Substitute, except that... It's not really a horror movie, but... <laughs> uh, the guy's not even a fucking robot, if I remember correctly. Spoiler. He's not. Uh, <laughs> he thinks yeah. he's a robot, but he yeah. ain't a robot. Yeah, yeah he totally thinks. But that's all I remember. <laughs> There, there was a bunch of movies back in the 90s that had to do with like killer teachers and I think there was actually a movie called The Substitute that goes fucking crazy and shit like that there's a whole yeah there's of three of them yeah, yeah. There's, there's four, four of them four. Yeah. Yeah. Moods Moods why'd you unfollow everybody on Letterboxd bro oh dude okay so I wanted to explain this so I was having this I was having this thought process with myself one day and I was like you know what man I want, I want to try a sociological experiment here I want to see how fast it's going to take me to lose tons of followers if i unfollow everyone because i feel like people only follow other people just because you're following them kind of thing and so i just follow people i'm genuinely interested in. i'm only following like five people yeah and that's the thing i wanted to see i was like if i dropped every single person on here how long would it take for me to lose like 20 30 40 50 percent of my followers (laughs) and 
Did it I think the first week I lost 40. How do they even know you stopped? Yeah, falling? that's weird. I, I don't know. That's the thing. But I, I was watching it. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so there's two more gone. There's two more, two more. And then it kind of <laughs> plateaued. I lost about 40, and then I would gain a couple, and then I would lose a couple. So I technically lost maybe like 40, 45, and then it just kind of whatever. But yeah, I just was just curious. I, I'm weird like that. You didn't have to unfollow us. No, I'm going to refollow. <laughs> I'm just trying out this experiment right now. And the funny thing I is, I, noticed, I, checked, I don't really care. Well, I check Dave. The I check your guys' letterboxes all the time. Actually, yeah, see I what's going on. Moods' letterbox every single day. Yeah. And I went on it and I was like, zero followers. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, <laughs> I was going to explain that. Zero. I was going to explain that on the, um, when we were, when you asked me about it in the group chat and I was like, but my voice message wasn't working that day or so I couldn't voice. And I was like, I don't feel like typing this out, man. I'll just explain yeah. to him on here and, and I kind of forgot. So, but anyways, yeah, that was the you thing. You asked me if I was having an identity crisis. Yeah, <laughs> which made me laugh. And then I was like, how the hell does he even know? He doesn't even follow me. <laughs> no, I, I checked the letterboxes. Yeah, when I saw the Marvel movies, I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, JP must be <laughs> stuck in his hotel room with nothing to do. And he's got access to a million Marvel movies, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, there you I've go. been watching. Uh, I watched a ton of them. They're all like fucking two hours long, oh, too. Oh, yeah, dude. They're so. I kind of burnt myself out on them for now, but I was enjoying them. I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a really fun one. That's a the fun James movie. Gunn movie um and then uh like i <laughs> i was like i was like what the fuck this guy you like the one this? iron man that everybody hates it was all right part, I, part I two it. yeah oh, i like he likes part I, three the most oh. oh really yeah i like i like part three um i, I would say i like I, I don't know i like part one a lot too but uh i'd like tony stark man i like uh robert downey jr is him he's definitely the heart and soul of that entire universe mm-hmm not anymore. But, well, yeah, but <laughs> you know, a movie I watched last night when I got home from the cinema after I watched Scream Five is I, I popped on that Witch Hunt movie with Dennis Hopper, and I I really did check it out because I'm a big fan of Dennis Hopper. And that's that, a sequel to that HBO movie, like yeah, Cast the Deadly Spell. Sequel. Yeah. Okay, so it yeah. is a sequel because I was gonna say, man, yeah. this movie totally reminded me of uh, Cast the Deadly Spell that we watch for 91 he's, he's getting lovecraft he's a private inspector yeah i didn't i didn't it, realize I it too I we, we talked about that on the 91 show i mentioned that there was a sequel okay i didn't realize i completely forgot that it was like this yeah. one. i was like okay i'm like this is a is it a sequel is it related <laughs> i'm like okay so that makes a lot of fucking sense i'm like this movie reminds me of that other one <laughs> it's but, so much cheaper than the other one though it is it really is though it's kind of a shame yeah i, I feel like it could have been a lot better um, I feel like it could have been a series. Like I'm surprised they didn't I, turn I it agree. into a series. Yeah, I just. I mean, but Dennis Hopper and Fred Ward are both great, but nothing alike. Right. Yeah, that's a weird casting choice. What Dennis Hopper or, so, or Fred Ward? Yeah, just no. In terms Fred of Ward was like, like to switch them. I mean, they, they're not yeah. really like replaceable. I would have got like Stephen Mott or something like that to replace Fred Ward. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Like now, but Dennis I, Hopper is so good. So. Now, now when I think, and that's the thing, man, I love Dennis Hopper. Like he's a great actor. He's one of the best. Eric yeah. Bogosian's great in this. In the man, movie, he's though. so fucking good in True Romance, man. What's the oh, What's yeah. the that chick that stars? Oh, Penelope Ann Miller. Yeah, she's good looking in this movie, man. She's got a really nice look to her. Yeah, I, I feel like Cast a Deadly Spell, Julianne Moore was better, though. Mm, probably in the role, yeah. I, I just find her more attractive. I, I just I laughed at the part where um, the friend stole the vehicle. 
and then ends up going off the pier and then when they pull it up she's like she's a like fucking a mannequin, mannequin. Yeah. dude i actually yeah. laughed out loud by myself i was like dude it just looks so funny to me because she's got this big wave going on i'm like she didn't go off there purposely it's like she was waving in a parade or whatever he says and i'm like blah <laughs> it's fucking hilarious uh, man good old dennis hopper it's okay rest in peace to I mean, Denna, it's not dennis hopper. The top 10 list yeah dennis hopper is mm-hmm. one of the all-time greats oh shit Candyman three comes out this week i forgot about that the Vestron. Oh yeah, yeah. The Vestrons. Yeah. So you that they, movie. Speaking sucks, of Vestrons yeah. moods, you want to sell me your slip cover, even though you always ignore me. Dude, you From know I don't sell. Sh- you know I don't sell shit. Well, can I have it then? Maybe I'll think about it. I still got to get yes. my hands on. You know what? You know what's so weird? And I mentioned I've this been before. looking for it for like four months. Vestron, buy it. Vestrons. Don't buy it. Are so so cheap in the states now, but they're so hard to get up here. You can't even I find them anywhere. I just want the slipcover. I don't even want the goddamn movie. Why? You know? What is wrong with you? That, that's why I, I agree with Dave. Like, like as much like time you wasted finding it, just buy the fucker. Just fucking buy it. Just this like, one here, new like seal Blu-ray. Says, Ask just if they have a slipcover. This dude has two available. He sold 108. Asked, you got the slipcover on this? He doesn't have the slipcover. How do you know? You ask him <laughs> because. I How do you know? Because I know. You don't know. Ask him. Send him a because message. Because a million other cover. people probably already asked him if they have the slip. No, cover. it's probably only like six six other fucking crazy people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he has a hundred fucking ninety copies. <laughs> oh man. The fact Dude, is, okay. that's my copy. I sent moods to begin with, so fuck that. <laughs> you are that. such a fucking. You're trying to get it back. He's like, I gave it to you a long time. That's why no one wants you. No, to didn't it. I pay for that though? Yeah, you did. That is racist. Yeah, JP. I avoided saying that. Oh, yeah, because really. <laughs> Yeah, those yeah. restaurants are a pain in the dink, man. Those things are so hard to obtain up here. It's driving me nuts. Do you have? Are you still missing some? No, I'm just. Or? I'm missing the wraith, and I'm missing um, the. You ain't uh, missing much with the wraith. Well, just, I, I actually, I actually love the wraith. I actually have an old DVD of it, but uh, I'm yeah, missing that's that a one. Grow up movie. What's the other you one? Saw the, it as a kid, you love it. Sundown, like, sundown. No, no, no. I got that sundown's one. Sundown's fun. No, I've got that one. I'm missing the the newest one. The the red uh, not not red dawn. Um, Steel dawn. Steel dawn. Steel dawn. Steel dawn's a turd. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Is that the one with Patrick it's Swayze? Fucking post-apocalyptic movie, yeah. Brian James and Patrick Swayze. Okay, so I'd never <laughs> heard of this movie. I must have missed this one or something. I don't know what it is. It's not good. Yeah. I watched it on VHS years ago, and it's fucking snooze fest. That's so bizarre. Man. I bought it anyways because I'm fucking dumb. Yeah, I, it was yeah. like ten bucks. It was like ten bucks. They're all ten bucks now. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah I love, dude. It, it, there's so no more, much. Heat. No more spending seventy five dollars on maximum overdrive. I did not spend seventy. Look at here's everybody's reviews on it. Everybody I follow on Letterbox, there's not one pass. James D. Cokes gave it two and a half for Steel Dawn. Yeah. The rest are one, two, one and a half, three. I just can't so see. Shitty. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of post apocalyptic movies, and like I can't even picture Patrick Swayze in a, in, a, in one. It, it just seems like it's <laughs> miscasted. I, I don't know. It is miscast. Anthony Zerby's in it. I don't remember that. Yeah, weird. Very strange. You should just not watch it and watch The Omega Man instead with Anthony Zerby as a mutant. It's much better. And post-apocalypse. Yeah, I love that movie, too. I Actually, I want a copy of it. I love it, too. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. All right. I, th- I thought I read that they were... What did I read this week? That they were releasing after... Uh, after... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Andy Dream Man? a Little Dream. What? What I want Ghoulie Street, God damn it! The what? Dream Corey a Little Fell Dream, movie? the Corey, the, Corey the, the Corey movie. Yeah, oh I want 
Ghoulies 3. So Vestron has just completely lost their way, and now they're just releasing whatever? I don't know. That's the next Vestron. Well, that, 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 you know. well, well, that movie doesn't I'm really... I'm looking at Blu-ray.com. Vestron video. Dream a little dream coming soon to Blu-ray on March 15th. But it's well, like at a, least that's a cult movie. I'll watch it again. It's like I think a, I've seen it as a kid. What is it? Like a romantic comedy, basically? <laughs> like I, It's been years since I've seen it, but it's, it's comedy, though, right? Um... Yeah, that one doesn't really fit into the... I mean, I get with, like, the, the Steel Dawn. It's post-apocalyptic, you know, whatever. That th- that type of subgenre film fits in with the horror and exploitation. I, I always feel it does. But this one, I don't know. Dream a Little Dream's better. I guarantee than Steel Dawn. Yeah, it's been years. Years and oh, years since I've seen it. it. But it is yeah, I said the Corey movie. pictures back in the day, so maybe that's yeah. why. Oh, okay. Why. That's completely what it is. Really? We want Ghoulies 3. Ghoulies 3. Well, he talked said multiple times that he lost his excitement for Ghoulies 3 when Bugler died. Well, they should have deli- got it released earlier. I agree. But you didn't know Bugler was going to die. Yeah, he had cancer. Well, before that. He had like a, a severe cancer, though, didn't he? he? Colon, I think. Yeah, that's... And he was like, already older. I feel like Vestron's got access to a lot of good movies if they're going by their back catalog and shit, so... It'll be interesting to wait for fucking alligator, bro. I'm so yeah, excited for that. I'm like literally so pumped for that. You know, I'm even I, more excited. That's why I just like just gonna sit on your shelf. Being a collector in this no, in this I'm day and age right now is crazy. Like the golden age of collecting when we get alligator on 4K. Like that shit was. Well, like, I, I guess cover. I guess it did have a DVD release, but why, whatever. They said but the Legends of Boggy Creek was gonna come out in 4K now. Yeah, that, you know what needs to come out on 4K? I will not rest until Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason takes Manhattan <laughs> hits 4 <laughs> <laughs> But you're going to buy it for the 8th time. So. Oh, I need it. I need it. I gotta have it. Oh I gotta, my I gotta God. see that boat ride in HD in 4K. I would definitely buy it, but... Oh, of course I, you everybody would. Everybody would buy it because everybody buys all the Friday movies every time they come out, so... Yeah, hey, especially uh, Exploding Heads. Do you remember that part in Friday 8 when they're on a boat for eh, fucking 45 minutes? And then they show up in Vancouver? Well, no, the, the whole yeah. time they're on the boat, the whole time they're on the boat, I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did they get from Crystal Lake to here and on a boat? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even care if it was like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and then, yeah, that's the thing, right? They, the budget, man, ends up in Vancouver. Actually, yeah, all those sky, or the all the subway scenes, which are actually Vancouver Skytrain. That's, yeah, it's Vancouver. It's pretty funny. <laughs> But, See, I, I was so like, stupid. we need to get these reviews done. And I'm like, remember Friday 13 Part 8? <laughs> yeah, that's you. That's fucking stupid. idiot. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, I was, I, was tr- I was trying to move it along, and then, yeah, and then someone said Screen something. Screen Factory's got some good shit coming up with lipstick and alligator. Definitely mine lipstick. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy great. that they're releasing all those Warner movies, man. Yeah, but yeah. fucking alligator, dude. I've loved that movie so much. It is. It's really good, man. Chicago um, classic right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's his but, name? And, but the classic original theatrical art is like one of my favorite posters of all time. You know, with the alligator and the like uh, sewer tunnel. What's the Fuck, tagline on alligator? I remember that the tagline is great. I remember it. you know Something's what sells the movie, the city, or what? Let me read that. Uh, it lives fifty feet beneath the city. It's thirty six feet long. It weighs two thousand pounds, and it's about to break out. <laughs> that's a long. Yeah, that's, a that's fucking creepy sounding, bro. That's but, a mouthful. But you know now, what? Alligator man? Two is not as good, but also has a great poster. You know, what? Alligator Two is actually garbage. You know what I love about I this movie? I still like it, but 
is that it's got Robert Forrester in it, man, who I'm a huge fucking fan. Rest in peace to Robert well, Forrester. Well, it says here also, in too. an interview, filmmaker Quentin Tarantino said that Robert Forrester's character David Madison inspired the character Max Cherry from his 1997. Yeah, film we know Jackie that. Yeah, i I know that. And then Henry Silva's also in it too, which is like, are you kidding me? Yeah, he's great. That's yeah. an amazing cast right there, man. And plus, he's got a massive alligator. It's awesome. Yeah. They should do an alligator show. Robert Forrester is one of those supremely underrated kind of cult actor and stuff. And obviously, his career was kind of resurrected with the just Tarantino died. role. But yeah, I just said rest in peace, Forrester. The but. Wolf of So Hollow, man. He was fucking great in that movie. I know. That's alligator I, 2 also has the most miscast actor of all time. That was his last movie, roles. right? Which, which one? his last movie. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh, no, I love yeah. that. I love the movie, and I was really sad to that, because at least he went out with a bang. Like, I thought he was really good yeah. in the movie, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was an underrated actor, man. I, I just, He's I a good feel, actor. Yeah, really, really good, man. Jim Cummings, man. That guy's up and coming up and up. Oh, yeah, he was great in Beta Test. He was fantastic. Yeah. Great movie. Not horror, though. I didn't think it was horror enough. It's not horror. I really did. <laughs> You're talking to the guy who put spontaneous on his fucking list. So if I if I didn't put it, fuck it. <laughs> on my list. Too. That's coming out on Blu-ray on Valentine's Day. Find Good. that. It's about time. What's we were just spont- talking about that on the last show that I didn't have a Blu-ray release, Spon- and then the next week, here it comes on Blu-ray. Spontaneous made that many lists. Crazy. Hmm. Yeah, it was Carly's list, my list, Dave's, Jeremy's, mine. I think. Yep. So it, so it was on everyone's list but mine? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, just like Last Night in Soho, which is the most popular horror movie of 2021. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I didn't love it, though. But It was my number one. I like the I look know. of the movie probably more than the movie right. itself. But yeah. I think I did I'm, better than I did the best that anybody's ever done. I think I no got, Hall of Fames in 2020 or 2021. How about I, that? I think I got the oh most God, right dude. I've ever got. Actually, I got three right. So I, I went to spot... I went to Spontaneous on Amazon, and the first three reviews are all one stars, and they're all clearly like plants, like people that planted them, and they're all like bitching about the political comments were unnecessary. It's like, grow the fuck up, dude. Oh my god. I don't agree with what they said, and now my feelings are hurt. I don't give a flying fuck, dude. I watch fucking movies with characters I don't agree with all the time. Get fuck off, you fucking. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, what? When? When has the world made it to where you need to agree with, like? the characters in the movie like there there's so many characters i don't agree with you know what i mean right it's ridiculous <sighs> all right uh, well anybody that rates that one star knows nothing what they're talking no, about that, i don't that, care that, if you don't like it that, but giving a movie like that one star is outrageous no i mean Texas i was chainsaw star. massacre is overrated just because it yeah, didn't it make my top star. 10 didn't mean i didn't like the movie i, I actually watched the movie with my wife and she loved it like, I mean, you're not going to rate it one star. Even if you don't like it, you'd be like, hey, at least it has decent cinematography and it's well made to a certain extent. You'd, even if you didn't like it, I still think you'd give that three out of five. Yeah, but the thing is, most Agreed. people most people rate movies on based on things they don't like. And if they don't like something, they usually don't really like it. So hence yeah. a one out of ten. It doesn't even make sense if you're you know, objectively reviewing a movie. I mean, the movie's not a one out of ten. Even if you didn't like it, it, it simply isn't. It's no a, it's a well done movie. It's a well acted movie. It's shot really really bad, right? Yeah. You know, and it's and it's an interesting idea too. So I mean, right there, I mean, it's already at least a five. <laughs> so fuck off. Yeah, like we so. watch so many bad movies, people have no. Yeah, like slimy little bastards. That's like my yeah, friends who's like, I mean, oh, I just yeah, watched this movie. It was one. fucking terrible. I was like, you should watch uh, Violent Shit Three. It's like <laughs> Violent Shit Three is the best Violent Shit movie. <laughs> Whatever. Shout out to Dan the Cameraman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Violent Shit Three. Oh my god, <laughs> I haven't watched it's those movies forever. Best. 
But Violent Shit One's worse. No, Violent Shit Four is the worst. Yeah, the Violent remake Sh- is even worse. The remake is the worst movie I've the, ever seen. The, the, not the, one. Uh, that Italian the one. one oh lordy! Didn't Simonetti? Didn't Simonetti do the fucking uh, score for that too? I see. He did. He. I'm pretty sure that Simonetti did the music for that Violent Shit re- remake, remake. A German SOV splatter movie, an Italian. And the funny thing is, though. As much as it, I always defend Simonetti's scores and shit, man, his music actually isn't even that good in that movie, which is crazy. Like, honestly, dude, if his music... Even, like, the worst movies ever are... Yeah. And that's the other thing I'm liking about 94, man, is the fact that, like, there's a lot of shot on video movies, and they're all... So far, they're all pretty decent. Don't watch Heaven is Only in Hell. That is not decent, Boots. I don't <laughs> know that Gore horror. Gore Horror is fun. Watch Gore Horror. I like all three of those movies. I like that trilogy of movies, actually. Me too. Yeah. The first one's a little lackluster, a little little yeah. kind of Gore, soft. Gore Horror actually is the third one in the trilogy, oddly enough. So uh, Yeah, the second one's my favorite. I think the second one's called, is it called Gorotica or Gorotica? Gorotica. Is that the one with the AIDS? The one with the AIDS and like the guy has AIDS, so he pays people to fuck dead bodies? Yeah. That's yeah, that one's the best. <laughs> what a fucked what's up storyline what's the, what's the LA AIDS jabber movie that's about a guy who gets AIDS and runs around with a needle people. people yeah I know the story that but I've never seen it that's like that is there's, so fucked up there's yeah. one part in the movie where he's like what's this lady the social worker LA AIDS jabber the social worker's trying to calm him down and she's like I can help he's like how are you gonna help me lady I got AIDS AIDS and he screams <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. AIDS isn't funny, but it is funny in the context of 1990s trashy ass movies trying to exploit it. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah. AIDS was like was still super serious back then too. Like I can't believe they made that shit. shit. Yeah, such trash. Man. Well, by '94, at well, least they had a better understanding, so it's like even less forgettable, forgivable. You know, like what what's the one that Masker Video released, Dave? The the AIDS slash City of film? Panic. City of Panic, and that one was That's done. That's a good in, movie, though. Yeah, that one's actually legitimately pretty good. But it was done at a time where AIDS was people were still trying to figure it out they thought that AIDS was only related to gay people yeah. it, the, the ideals the ideas were just so simplistic but it takes but, itself serious it's not it is exploitation but it, at least it attempts to be scary you right, know it's right, serious right it's and, not like LAH jabber yeah it's one of the it's one of the early AIDS movies to be honest like I think it would come out in 87 or something like that like that's pretty I'm fucking, not 100% that sounds about right though it's you early about, for like, making movies, movies about AIDS get made, like, like fucking like crazy murder it's like how the hell is crazy murder <sighs> in LA? oh my god the, the shit in that made. movie man there's so much literal shit I know oh my god it's so gross like it makes me gag to the <laughs> point where I'm just like you guys you guys should watch LA Age Jabber. Like I spoil the re- I spoil the movie in my review, but it's complete and utter bullshit. And I almost want to just tell you it's bad. I, I gave it a three and a half out of out of ten. <laughs> that is like, bad. <laughs> but I laughed a lot. Like I, I mean, it's fucking so bad that at one point, like there's like two actors talking to cops, and then it just cuts to another scene where all these other cops show up to one the the female partner's house and they're like, "Your partner's dead." The next scene, she has a new partner because you know that guy quit. What? Watch it. You guys gotta watch it. It's that. It's 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 fucking nonsense. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, L.A. Age. I gotta fill in the gap for my sixty. So maybe I'll check it out. I mean, the yeah, name alone. I think it's fucking. The name alone is worthy of checking out for sure. You guys should. I, I, I know. You guys should definitely watch um the rapist too from Hong Kong. No, this is fucked. 
the two movies back to back, both made in '94, The Rapist and Portrait of a Serial Rapist, which I watched with no subtitles because I right. had to watch I remember both. watching your reviews yeah. on that because you were like true curious. Where this rapist the, literally yeah. would rape women and beat them and sometimes kill them in these apartment complexes. And they, like, before he was even fucking dead in the ground, I don't think he even died, but regardless, they fucking made two movies. The case <laughs> happened in 93. They already got two movies in 94 exploitation movies. <laughs> How fucked. the hell did you watch a movie without subtitles, bro? Because I, uh, I watched The Rapist and then it had subtitles and then Portrait of a Serial Rapist was the same story. So I just kind of guessed. <laughs> so is that happened. the sequel? <laughs> you, did, did you, no, did you no like... it's just that it, it made the same year, same story not related apparently oh okay the same movie except the portrait is even more sleazy and they just like all the shots are just wet like alley shots of naked breast and like when guys did this case up. happen 93 what the fuck <laughs> look it up i started reading about it but i could barely find anything about any hong kong crimes which kind of surprised me i was like they just wiped it from the crazy. net so that's, i mean it's it's not easy to find about other countries crimes apparently especially probably now that they're like getting fucking destroyed by china yeah yeah it's got to be very very publicized like the memories of murder and shit like that shit like you know still have to watch that that is such a great movie man it is I such a great i'll movie. give it five out of five it is it is so and it's crazy too because you know um be, they made the movie before oh wait memories of murder no, obviously before that. the yeah before like you know more came out from it yeah so it's like kind of it's, yeah it's kind of crazy actually so yeah i that's remember getting movie. the update on that i was like oh fucking gnarly that's really crazy really good movie i can see why it's can, one of tarantino's favorites for sure because it's legit oh yeah. wait i've seen that yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, you guys we, reviewed it. We reviewed it, yeah, dude. Yeah, we reviewed it. Oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I was trying to think what it was. I was like, it, it sounds so... That was the show with Dylan when it's Dylan the, was on. Kin movie. That's right. Yeah. Guys, I've been very generous in my ratings. I gave the paper boy from Canada from 1994 a 7 out of 10. So, You told me that I would like it. I it's all mine. you. I no, you'd like no it. I gave it a 7. Of that movie. It's totally you. You like, like Mikey and all that shit, right? That's you. I've you never like seen stuff, Mikey. Right? You'd like Mikey too, I'm telling you. Yeah. Did you know there's a Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer too? Yeah, yes. I've seen it a couple it's times. It's awful. I've <laughs> yeah, seen we it. reviewed it. Me and Mids reviewed it they're, once. They're, the best part Dark of that movie put it up. is when he runs over and he pushes that kid on the bike and he's like, "Find somebody else to pick on." <laughs> I don't even remember it, man. To be honest, I just remember I being it messy. Like it was messy. It, it's one of those things where it's like. Dude, you casted someone that looks nothing like fucking Rooker at all. He's all chubby. Yeah, yeah it's like he gained like thirty pounds. <laughs> he's in the face. Shawshank Redemption. He's one of the prisoners. Is he? Yeah, he's the guy that. Uh, he fucking uh, knows Brooks everything. Hold, he holds Brooks holds a knife to his throat. His name's like Neil or something. I can't remember. Oh, this fucker knows everything. Well, I've seen Henry too a couple times. <laughs> Yeah. Did you know this guy who was in this one movie of a sequel was in Shawshank? He was prisoner number seventeen. He was. Uh, he's a real actor. I mean, <laughs> I just don't know his name. He I had did. the knife hold to him. Oh, he's in Child's Play. He's Eddie Caputo. Oh, yeah, Neil Eddie something. Caputo. His name's Neil what? Neil what? <laughs> Neil uh, Italian, right? Gian Tolly, which they yeah. mention in the TV series, which is cool. Hmm. You watching moods? Not yet. Oh, gonna get to it. No Trust me. No one's watched the motherfucker it. played Eddie Caputo. How about that? Oh, Andy's in Next of Kin. Yeah, he's Next a real actor. He's in the Next of Kin like with the, Patrick like Swayze. Like the Aussie? Oh, he's oh in, okay. Oh, the Patrick Swayze one? Nah, oh. he's in the Next of Kin with Patrick Swayze and Bill Paxton. I'm sure of it. Yeah, oh, I was going to say he's not in the Aussie movie. He's not in the Aussie movie. What's up? He's also in The Borrower. 
Oh, nice. Nice. That's a great, great movie. What, did you just, just read out. this whole fucking cast listing? <laughs> well, I was just mentioning. I mean, he's a character actor. He's in like 200 movies. All right. Well, All that right, that good. that should conclude the intro. I think we're roughly about an hour into this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's about shutdown time for the intro. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll be I back. I tried to stop us once. Yeah, we'll be back here momentarily with uh, some Evil Dead Trap trilogy movies. See you then. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 219. And like we said off the top of the show, we got the Evil Dead Trap trilogy. And this is a Patreon pick, if I not be- if I yep. might say. Yep. Do we know who it's coming it's, from? Uh, Zaza. Zaza. Oh, Zaza. Well, that makes sense. That actually makes sense. Um, she's the best patron. By why? Because she's Asian? Well, yeah. No, I mean, she always picks the Asian movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm she just picks saying. Hong Kong movies. Yeah, she, and, but she gave us wreck as well. I mean, yeah. I didn't she always gives be, us good shit. I didn't want to be stereotypical, yeah, I, but I'm she just gave saying. us Hellraiser as well. I think did she not? I can't remember. She actually or, no, does. that was like a community thing. She really does have good picks, though, for sure. We've I've yeah, enjoyed. Yeah, well, the shows. she's like one of my favorite listeners. Because she always leaves she good comments too. Comments, good yeah. comments. Yeah, she's always she's listened like, forever uh, too, and she's listened forever. She's a very dedicated listener. One of my favorite listeners for sure. Yeah, she's. I'll seen, just say my favorite listener. Yeah, she, she's it's seen. Not, it's not Dan the cameraman. <laughs> she has definitely been there, Dan the cameraman. <laughs> she's definitely seen the uh, the roller coaster ride of twenty two shots over the years for sure. Um, but uh, stuck with us the whole time, right? Right, man. There's not too many I think that have been down since day one to now. I mean, it's a long time. I get it. You know, people's attention spans are like goldfish. So you know, mad props to her for sticking it out for eight years, man. Nine years, eight nine years. It's been a while. Yeah, so what's wrong with year? Dan the Cameraman, you bitch? Well, his name is Dan what? the Cameraman. I like Dan the Cameraman. I, bet I never said nothing bad I about him. I bet you he's not even a cameraman. That's just bullshit. I just said he wasn't my favorite. He doesn't even own a camera well, except for the one that's on his iPhone. He only owns... He's a Cenobite cameraman. The only camera he has is on his iPhone. Come on. No, I'm just fucking with you, buddy. No, I'm sure he is. I'm just no, I love Dan. You. I'm just kidding. Okay, so starting out with the first film here from the glorious year of 1988 directed by i'm not gonna say this can anyone pronounce this properly great i never heard of that guy what else has he directed tashi tashihira i I think it's tashihira akita tashihira akita it's probably close enough yeah he did uh evil dead trap three and he yes. did a movie called Mermaid. Um, what was the fuck? The Mermaid one he did is his most popular film. Yeah. But I've never seen it. I've never seen I've heard of it, though. Yeah. And then um, he did some of those fucking, uh, like, action sex movies, movies or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a couple of those, too. I can't. There's a big series, like, XX, Beautiful Woman. There's a bunch of them. There's, like, ten of them. Did he do one of the female prison, of prisoner movies? Is that the guy? He did one of them? Um, I don't Or was I don't it just know. Pinky These movies? ones are called like XX Beautiful or something. There's oh, okay. like four or five of these fucking series like that in the 90s. All right. Cool. All right. So Tashihira Aikida, uh, Evil Dead Trap from 1988, which is such a interesting year. Um, getting into a quick little synopsis here. A late night TV presenter receives a snuff tape in which a woman is brutally killed. She decides to take a crow to the location indicated in the tape, but only death and despair awaits them. Now, 
I haven't seen the Evil Dead trap, and I would probably say a good decade. And, you know, it, it honestly was not overly fresh in my mind. So rewatching it, which now has been put out by Unearth on Blu-ray, um, which is very cool. Unearth classic. Yeah, so that, that's very cool that this movie got, you know, the treatment that it kind of deserves because, you know. Um, but if I had to sum up the Evil Dead trap in a nutshell on rewatch that I probably wasn't thinking too heavily about it the last time I watched this. But if you took Argento, Fulci, and Cronenberg, and they had a baby, pun intended, you get Evil Dead Trap. Well, you got the score for sure. This, yeah, you could you could add some uh, Cohen and Raimi in there too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you could even, you know, man. But it's just crazy, like how many elements in this movie are so. It's like a love letter, man. It really is. Like, oh, for sure. From the you know from the lighting in this movie, which is very Argento influenced. I mean, you know, some of the atmosphere is faulty, gore is faulty, but the music is like a combination of. Um, it's like deep I was red. watching going this sounds like a fucking uh, Italian movie I was like I'm watching an Italian well, it, movie by it the is. score the, the, this movie is it, it, it sounds like Goblin and Fabio Frizzi it, it sounds like yeah. they're, it's like they're imitating Deep Red and the Beyond together you know yeah. it's got that got type of score I got a little Phantasm vibe from it too like even the way this movie's kind of acted and the way it presents itself the aesthetic and shit is so Italian so the Argento and Fulci thing is so prevalent here and of course we got the the Cronenberg elements in there too which you know play into the third act and stuff but it's it's an interesting premise because this is a Japanese movie that's doing very much an Italian style movie you know with some you know some other elements but it's like an American style slasher also it's just got elements of so many things that I love. Jeremy, are you moving furniture over there? Are, are you? Yep, moved? I have to. But I got to say, though, man, because Why? if everyone knows me, I'm a huge... Fulci's my favorite director. I'm a huge Argento fan. I'm a huge Cronenberg fan. I'm a huge slasher fan. This movie literally is everything I love in movies. I love great music. I love great atmosphere. I love great kills. Like, it fucking has everything that I love. And it's got a weird narrative. It's got a really strange narrative. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, too, because the narrative in this film, in the core, is very similar to a movie that came out last year, um, to a degree. And that's what I'll say. I don't know if we... I mean, we really don't have to spoil these movies because they're not really related. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we don't have... Like, usually when we're doing trilogies or franchises... me and Dave are talking about that. Because these all... Part two kind of is related to part one. No. Part part one, two, and three, they have all similarities, but they're very loose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, we don't need to talk about endings to to lead into the next movie. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a franchise. They pretty much are standalone movies, but but I got to say, man, upon rewatching this thing, I was just like totally taken back by this i was like this movie is so much fun it's got a simple premise it literally i read the premise off and it's like that you know this the, our lead here nami yeah it's not like the next movie <laughs> yeah no she basically just assembles a crew to go and check out the snuff tape that she you know that she's been sent and stuff and you know mayhem ensues people start getting picked off one by one it plays itself all like an american slasher i mean people are dying you know, going off and having sex and doing ridiculous things and fucking getting picked off, but in in very interesting and unique ways and stuff. And this is a fucking blast. Um, I just absolutely enjoyed. I actually wanted to rewatch it again because, you know, and the only thing that bugged me about this watch was the fucking subtitles were driving me nuts. Hey, you stole my thunder. Um, 
And you know what? Okay, the thing is that's weird about the subtitles, though, is that they're only off when Nami and Hideki are on screen together. I don't know if that was something to do with the way the audio was, or I have no idea, man. But it's weird because if you watch it, if if you see any other scenes with Nami or any other characters that are you know on the screen, the the subtitles are fine. It's just when those two characters are by themselves, they're completely off, and it's it's really frustrating to watch. Um, well, I'm an idiot because I'm watching it. And I'm like fucking thinking that I'm on Plex because sometimes the, the subtitles mess up on Plex. Right. And I'm like trying to like figure I'm like messing with my Xbox controller. And I'm like, why the fuck is the menu not popping up? And then I'm like, oh, shit, I'm watching the Blu-ray because <laughs> I, I, I did order the Blu-ray to, to the hotel and I watched it on Blu-ray. Oh, dude, and then that's I'm like, wait a minute. So that's uh, I, and then like. I never think that it's the disc. Like I always think that something's wrong with like my like Xbox or like the player or something. Right. And like I'm so that's when I was like wonder I, I like texted it in the chat that the subtitles are fucked up because I was like that's fucking weird because yeah it, it it messes up and it's delayed and then it fixes itself and then it happens again. I didn't notice that it was only when during those two characters interactions yeah i noticed it right away i was like there's something weird about when it's just them two on screen and it sucks too because (laughs) going back to um kind of the construction of the film it's a really interesting way of doing it because pretty much every one of our characters except for the two main ones um hideki and you know the detective um hideki uh everybody dies kind of a spoiler but everybody gets really kind of picked off in this movie in the first 45 minutes and it's 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 an interesting premise because this movie runs 100 minutes and i I was watching it going well what the fuck are they gonna do for the next fucking 50 this is crazy (laughs) but it, it does slow down a little bit but it also gets really interesting too and, you know, for a hundred minute movie, I, it, it definitely held my attention. I will say like, you know, it does slow down a tiny bit. It, it doesn't snail itself though. But, um, but to kill off pretty much everybody in like the first half of the movie is, is just an interesting way of doing it. But I think it worked out. Are they just like in a abandoned like factory or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just yeah. a factory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the locations and, and the lighting used and like they even do some like when they're on that roof, the the funny thing about being on the roof though is like i'm like there's all this dry and these guys just keep standing in the puddle why do you keep standing in the puddle there's literally dry everywhere else and you guys are just flapping around and even getting down on the ground in this puddle i just laughed like everybody could escape like 10 times over but they don't it's just like well as mood says that's very slasher like yeah i mean i'm going back i mean the beginning of this movie is super like if you're you know, if, if you know your slasher movies, I mean, there's really yeah. nothing different about the beginning of this one. I mean, they get there and well, they're I, there. They're there for a premise. I would but say then, that there is pretty much a major difference in the opening of this movie than any other slasher movie, to be honest. Well, that snuff opening well, is by far the most graphic snuff kill I've seen. Not most, but one of the most graphic and uh, best snuff I've ever yeah. seen. Just yeah. the way it's shot, the way it comes in, the camera. and It's very voyeuristic. It's perfect. Right, and you I'm see not the talking about that through the, through the video camera like that, and then yeah, when you I know get to the location, it's yeah. absolutely horrifying. Like that is the best. the The first act of this movie is a ten out of ten for me. It sets up everything perfect with yeah. the snuff, with the the luring of them, and how she's yeah. the the late night broadcaster, which is the Cronenberg playing in there. Right, it's just a perfect trap. 
but let me ask it's an evil guys, dead yes. trap, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's perfect. I, I, I was just talking about when they get to the factory, everyone yeah, yeah, kind of disperses. That's all, that's and then all it, typical. And then, sure. it, and then it becomes the saying. typical. I'm not talking about the actual setup. And oh, I agree, yeah. man. The the snuff tape, the gore, the setup is, is, is brutal, dude. I'm like, it's a great way to open up the film because you're like, holy shit, man. Now, like, it, it sucks you in literally. It, it fucking traps you. Like, you're, yeah. And when you watch... When you watch something like that on a shitty aesthetic, think August Underground, think any of those Japanese movies where you're watching fake snuff or anything within like found footage, it adds an element of realism that fuck makes it real disturbing. Like, right. And that's why that works really well for me. And they reuse that kind of an evil dead trap, too, when she's the kind of late night talk show host reporter and they're filming a lot of murders. I only bring that up because that's one of the major relations that evil dead trap wanted yeah. to have is the late night video footage yeah. seeing through the camera's point of view it adds a sense of just nastiness and and besides like, the fact that they reuse the name hideki yeah. in the second one yeah, yeah. And, and all the, the, and the baby stuff. shit they all have baby yeah. shit yeah i, I might have missed this but how did how did they know to go to that area there was a sign a shot of the sign yeah the sign on the highway, oh, okay. on the highway. Yeah, it's, a sign. It's, a, it's a little reaching but i assume yeah. they didn't show you every little well, detail of the video yeah i mean they, they i mean it doesn't specifically tell them in the tape where exactly it is she just kind of figured it out she had a general idea where it was and then they even show you you know they, they kind of cut to that uh, i don't even know what you would call that shot there and it it shows you that it was the same place from the video kind of thing like okay sure. it actually proves yeah. that they it is kind of thing back. yeah yeah they do do that they show you the the shitty aesthetic and they show yeah. the pit yeah that's really cool yeah so yeah, good, cool. I, I wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts were on so I mean, when you go into a movie like this, you know, it's called Evil Dead Trap. And the first thing you're thinking of is Evil Dead, right? And they do have yeah, the elements right. of... They, there are some stuff. They do have the elements some of... the camera work. It's just the camera rainy work. camera work. But it really, in this movie, it has... You know, obviously, in the in the Evil Dead, it's, you know, it's supernatural shit, right? But in this one right here, they, they more or less use the Evil Dead... Um, or the Sam Raimi camera work. I'll just refer to it as the Sam yeah. Raimi camera work. Uh, as transitional. But only twice, though. But what are your thoughts on that? Because it really doesn't play into the narrative at all. It has nothing to do with yeah. what's going on. It's more or less just a transitional thing to to relate to the name of the film, Being Evil Dead, right? So but You don't think it's like a first-person perspective of, oh, that's a spoiler, so I'm not going to say well, that. Well, I, mean, I don't really know how... It is a death trap. The whole thing's a death trap. I know, but I mean... They lured him there, so but, that's about it. Exactly, right? But it has nothing to do with like a supernatural type element, you know... What I'm saying, like it, it's yeah. not the yeah. same there thing is as what's going supernatural, on. Supernatural, but not the same. It's not no. demonic. Exactly. Right. Exactly my point. So I, I actually kind of like it's unnatural. But that's what I liked about it. I like well, yeah, that they when use the that. fucking steel beams come through the wall, I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> I just love the way you that You know what that reminded me of? Sorry, go ahead, Moots. I, I just really like the fact that they use that as just transitional shit. I was like, okay, fine. I can roll with the punches here, man. I thought it was actually There's- really well done. I like it too. I think the camera works really inventive. Like, and it has that, that lively kind of like, just do it yourself kind of quality that makes it special. There's two fucking directors or two films that I really think were like, Hey, you know what? I think I'm going to base half my fucking aesthetic and, and fucking stylistic choices off this. And that is the ring. I think the ring shares a lot of similarities to this, finding the tape. And I would say that James Wan's whole fucking career <laughs> takes a lot for people dead trap and i like james wants to malignant i like his films aesthetically for the most part sometimes they look like shit uh, but because they're supposed to they're supposed to look like that but like if you yeah. look at something like saw kind of the aesthetic it's similar but and even the traps 
that trap with the spikes and shit is just like and the um the one of course with the door handle i won't spoil that but those are insane traps yeah dude actually now that you mentioned saw i could totally see that yeah i always thought it was yeah when it's I, the factory it's kind of the abandoned building 20. type thing yeah for sure yeah. i was like oh this saw of like that's that's when i was like but Nothing's I just original when you're like 20, you're like everything's ripping off old Asian movies. And then I was like, I saw this and I was like, Hey, saw rip this. But movie he is off. Asian. Well, it's, it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's ironic a little bit, right? Because this movie feels like a big love letter to a lot of big names and stuff. Like there's a lot of things that you can just relate right back to your favorite movies kind of yeah. thing. But then you look at well, the this- core narrative in here and then we just watched malignant. Come on. Right. And it's like, Everyone's comparing Malignant oh, yeah. to, you know, Basket Case and, and Sister and all these type of movies mixed in with some, maybe some fucking Matrix, John Wick shit, you know, but the, <laughs> yeah. all the influences are there from the main narrative of Malignant to this. And you mentioning James Wan, I knew it was going to brought aesthetically, but even, you know, what's going on there. Inside person, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two that, and one. Two that's and what one I'm saying. Like, say. yeah, that, and I thought of the James Wan thing too. I just didn't want to. I, I wasn't sure how to approach it, and even bring it up malignant because now but people know exactly what we're talking about. More, but it's even more so because this has like Italian influence fills, and so does malignant. So yeah. it's like even more of a of a thing. And this guy, this, I would be shocked if this guy wasn't a big, like Italian horror film fan, especially judging by the third film, which he also directed. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like, wow. Uh, I, <laughs> I should bring up this before I give him all the credit in the world. Um, I would say that honestly, his snuff footage is probably inspired by like, what was the first guinea pig film? Devil Android, devil's Android. Dude, and I thought the same thing. Blood. I thought the For exact sure. same thing. Yeah. Those were very inspirational movies. As much as people kind of poo-poo them or say, fucking, I said poo-poo because I listened to fucking Exploding Hits today. God damn, you guys. Uh, fucking, um, as much as people are like, oh, those are just trash. I mean, those movies were kind of, they inspired a lot of films. But it makes those, sense, those though, man, because the original guinea pig film, what, what year did it come out in? It would have been 85. 85. So, so it's just a couple years before yeah. this, so it makes sense. And, and honestly, dude, when I was watching that stuff footage, the first thing I thought it was guinea pig, man. First thing. So did yeah, I. Yeah. And yeah. Cannibal Holocaust, too, right? Yeah. Right. Even right. before Guinea Pig. So. But again, you know, again, this movie is a big homage, a big mo- like hodgepodge of just elements from but a lot of our favorite movies. Too. Yeah. Dude, it's but, both. But, it's a ripoff, but it's it's completely original. That's what I love about this um, movie. And I like, I don't even want to use the word ripoff. I'm going to say homage because he's taking all these elements that I love, you know, just what I mentioned before and, and made it made this movie his own thing. He really did. And I think that's why it just stands the test of time too, man. It just works. I mean, for somebody like me, it just it just hits every fucking. It clicks every box. You know what I'm saying? I have so. one negative about the movie. Just one. What's that? It just doesn't know when the fucking end. <laughs> I feel like it does run a little bit too long, but I also feel like that's partly in the middle because once you kill off everybody halfway through the movie, you got to start doing uh, something, yeah. right? And it does. Mm-hmm. It slows down for about 15 minutes, and I feel like you probably could have really tighten that up and I, I think it would have made the ending feel a little bit quicker if it was 15 minutes shorter you know what I'm saying yeah I agree we we got our pacing off I still love the movie to death it's just I remember the first time I watched this and even repeated views because I watched it like I said 15 years ago for the first time then I rewatched it when the blu-ray came out then yeah. I rewatched it for this show and I never have a problem watching this one. like but there is like a, there's a little lull in it and even if some of my favorite movies have little lulls in them so it's not like you know yeah. what I mean you could trim yeah. a little bit of the fat. It's honestly, that's how, that's it's honestly my films. my biggest complaint is uh, it's yeah. just that middle. It's about the fifty minute mark to just over an hour. Like there's there's a point there. I'm just like okay, 
Yeah, even though some of those scenes are shot really well, man. Those scenes like in the in the tunnels and shit, like those are fuck, man. The colors are just awesome, and it just looks amazing. It just it really does. Are wet. I love the TVs, the TV screens, and the fucking. Oh my god, dude! I love. I love the shot where she fucking flings down the hallway but the kills are so yeah. cool in this movie i don't want to give them all away but i I'm, love the, the the steel beam man me That's too like, dude I, yeah i think I that, that is so, so inventive cool, i think i think one of the craziest ones dude is the the girl that gets killed at the car with the fucking um with the wire <laughs> like the way it happens dude if you watch that it like girl, she lifts right up too. one side gets drug across the top and oh, she gets like, raped and then, it's brutal yeah. man yeah i know she gets raped yeah. by the fucking the well, the crazy victim dude himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on here? It's like ridiculous. Yeah, you can always count on a lot of rape in fucking Asian movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. So, um, out of curiosity, Jeremy, because you kind of alluded that you didn't really care for these movies too much. What was, uh, what, what did you like think of this one? I mean, it's, it was probably, the next one is interesting. I feel like the second one has a lot of, context to it i could see you liking that one yeah a little bit more than this i mean honestly dude i don't mean to interrupt but like you don't you're not a big fan of italian movies in general but this movie has so much of those elements that i can see yeah like i don't know how you how you feel about body horror and things like that and stuff too much but i mean i feel like it was the most entertaining of the three for sure i feel like but again these aren't my kind of movies to begin with so i mean it's kind of obvious that I probably didn't like it too much, but at the same time, I feel like it has enough going for it that, you know, I, I at least semi enjoyed watching it. I feel like this grows on you, Jeremy. Like if you come back like five years later, I think you'll like it more because I liked yeah. it more the second time too. It, it definitely does because um, I had watched this. Somebody gave this to me as a Patreon review a couple of years ago um, really? and I liked it. Hmm. And then, yeah, I, re- I don't remember you, you reviewing know, this. One of the what we watch. I think it was a, on a what we watch show that yeah. I reviewed it on. Well, like, I probably sent it a clip or something. I don't know. Yeah, I do not remember. Um, but I, so this was the second time I watched. I definitely liked it more this time. I, I think I get the sense that you two like it a lot more than me. Um, but I think that it is a movie that, like, the more times you see it, you'll probably appreciate more aspects of it. Because, like, even, um, just like the music and the shots and stuff like that, I was I took in a lot more at this time. I did like the music. I thought it was fucking music's amazing. Dope. Yeah, I yeah. love. Music. Oh, it's yeah. so good, dude! Like all I could hear was like deep red and the beyond. Like the music's so good. Like even I, if they reuse it as for ninety percent of the movie, keep playing it. Play yeah, the other ten percent. I, I, I like know that. It. I know that composer. I, I actually looked him up. I know he passed away a while ago too. So rest in peace to him too. It seems like we're just rest in peace and everybody on the show. But but I he was like a he played in a band like some type of J not pop band but he was in a in a group and stuff like that but yeah i mean obviously he maybe he was the one that was in major majorly influenced by you know goblin and those type of italian groups and stuff. i don't know maybe it was the director i don't know but whatever it was it came together perfectly for myself music is such a standout sorry but you guys listen to the commentaries on these at all i I I threw it on for a second i would Uh, love to the carandos from karate kill no he has a very insightful. He loves this movie. He has a very insightful commentary. Mm. He actually talks about the director. I believe he says he committed suicide, possibly jumping off a bridge. And oh, I think shit. it was where that movie, the mermaid movie he made, was in a similar location or something like that. So his most popular movie, or his most beloved movie, he 
kind of committed suicide like that's kind of like uh, like tony scott fucking poetic or something <laughs> yeah it, it's I mean, not like, even ironic is it it's just like yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's done purposely. i mean he was found drowned so it's like they assumed he jumped off the bridge i mean he was like 59 so but anyways like that commentary is really like you can tell it put a lot of influence on him this guy also did um i should have mentioned he did the man with the scissors from 2005 which made my top 20 i know i i, I liked it a little bit more than everybody else but the kind of giallo style. I liked it. With the he likes giallos. Well, that's what I said about the man with the scissors. I was like, that is super fucking Italian influence, man. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a Japanese Italian movie. I, like I, I wish one. I had more time to listen to commentaries, honestly, because like I turned it on. I was like, man, this would be a great movie to listen to. A well, commentary insightful about because ones. insightful. Ones. Right. Well, the, my some of my favorite commentaries are like the Argento ones, like from from his films and hearing like the film historians talk about it. Oh, Troy Howarth. Oh, Troy Howarth. Yeah, yeah. Troy's the best. It's like almost some of my favorite commentaries. That guy freaks me out a little bit, man. He almost knows too much. Oh, Troy it's, Howarth and Tim Lucas are like, and Cat Allinger are my favorites for commentaries like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the What's the dude um, that wrote Beyond Terror and Nightmare USA? What's his name? Oh, Stephen Thrower. Stephen Thrower. Yeah, Stephen like, Thrower's great too. Yeah, I love Stephen Thrower. I can listen. I, I love his voice too. Like watching all the video nasty stuff and just hearing him talk about anything. Like I like hearing Stephen Thrower talk about, uh, um like Jess Franco because he he's like he defends him he but he's it. like but the way he defends his films is like oh yeah totally right <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> it's just, it's awesome to listen to but yeah i know what you're oh. saying if you get a good historian and know what they're talking about that insightful I, shit i but, love his, like historians talking about movies cuz it really they'll always point out stuff that you didn't know or notice yeah. and it opens your eyes to the movie makes you appreciate it way more and, and i think that's why like i pretty much listen to most of the uh, argento blu-rays commentaries over the years and like it really kind of uh like even stendhal like i listened to that commentary and i'm like yeah this it made me like like the movie a lot more but it can I also just help you think differently on movies it, right oh absolutely does he absolutely. do one for uh card player and fan with the opera gotta listen to those commentaries. <laughs> uh, see fan of the opera would be uh, a commentary like that movie, i wouldn't uh, i don't i don't want to listen to somebody make a movie about cards i had no other idea but i wanted it to be doing the commentary somebody else i honestly wouldn't want to listen to a commentary on fan of the opera i'd rather do the commentary because that's the type of movie that we do the commentary for just be silly with it it's family opera, man. Like family opera. No, but I do love commentaries where actors or other filmmakers talk about other filmmakers' movies, like Carando or however you say his name. Because I love yeah. that Gunwoman movie he did is fucking amazing, dude. And him him doing the commentary in this movie, like it, it's just nice to hear another filmmaker talk about a filmmaker he loves. It's just like, oh, that'd be cool. Wasn't that one of those weird yeah, years I, where I, I had, do like that a lot too? I love Gunwoman, man. I actually gave it a ten out of ten. It made my top ten, think, whatever year it was, and it, it was funny because it was like number three, and I think my number two movie was like a nine out of ten or something. Fucking weird moods thing to do, right? <laughs> Me, Dustin, and Brandon when we had our old podcast, shut up, Brandon. I think we gave Gunwoman all a ten out of ten too. It's and that was like so, in 2014. Yeah, dude, it's good though. It's like super good. I've watched it a few times actually. Scream Factory put that out, right? Naked yeah. woman yeah. killing people. Yeah, great, dude. It's highly it's entertaining. It, like the action is awesome in it, man. Like it's just good. Well, even it's the idea like, that out. like they surgically implant the guns because she has to break into this warehouse or whatever, and then fucking remove the what guns and put them back together. Like, what a that's role. fucking so dope. You what know a what role I mean? to do, I'd love to right? Watch that movie. It actually made my number four that year. Yeah, I haven't rewatched it since I've been on Letterboxd. So not in the last, well, since 2018. But 
should, I should yeah it gave it gave you 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 had it at number three moods i had it at number four yeah yeah it blew my it's shitter like out dude one era it blew my shitter out man i watched it and i was like holy fuck that was crazy awesome love that um so they uh i i think the uh, one of the actresses in this movie was more into like porno films and she was supposed to be the star of it i I remember from the commentary but yeah i don't think the director or somebody didn't trust her as being the star so they switched the roles and had her be in a small role she's probably the one that has sex multiple times i think she is they over the top sex scene like every other asian fucking movie i'm pretty sure those sex scenes are great more sex (laughs) into movies all the nudity from everybody all the time (laughs) that's how every movie should be made right Uh, I don't know. I got in trouble the last time I talked about that with Clownado. Some Masha. What you these? I, I say it again. I'll say it again. Uh, over and over again. Asian movies are the best to watch, especially when people are going to get naked. Because ninety no, percent of the people in the yeah. movies are fuckable. <laughs> yeah. Especially the movies. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, especially. I'm pretty sure that is the white, chick. Bro. Yeah, the 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 sex scenes is. I'm pretty sure that's the porno chick. I read that too somewhere. I don't know where the fuck I read that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure which one though. I mean, like a lot of times that's like. Oh, you know, it's a, actually if you scroll down the first trivia thing, it says Japanese porn stars were used in the porns. It's pluralized, so, <laughs> so maybe the oh, guy, maybe one I mean, of maybe the, none of the acting sucked. Oh, that's the only trivia for this movie is Japanese porn stars were used in the filming of this movie. Wow. Thank you for that insight. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful insight. Interesting. That's awesome. Oh, that's fucking sweet, man. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Without, you know, I don't really want to give every, all the kills and shit away, man. I just, I, I just, mean, the ending reveals pretty cool. It feels like creep show esque. Yeah, I don't I, want to spoil the end. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Bonkers. I really I like uh, not just the reveal in the movie. I think is really damn cool. But I think the just one of the maybe second last shots with Hideki. I think that's really cool. Outside the window, I thought that scene was really cool. There's just a lot of really cool scenes in this man. Could probably yeah. just go on about scene by scene all day. Really, just so much good visuals and shit, man. I love this. Uh, it's such a great movie. Um, you guys have anything else on it? I'm good. No, I think I'm good. Yeah. All right. Um, who wants to lead? JP, you start. All right. Uh, yeah. This JP movie... always has to go first now because he fucked up on the I... last episode. Oh my god, dude! I'm surprised I didn't get brought up more. Actually, JP got I called a legend. He got called a legend yeah, for having I'm eleven. Le- no, it, it makes sense. That was a fucking legendary move. I got eleven. Pounds. Apparently, legend means pounds. dumb shit. Just these like days. Jeremy's the MVP. Yep. yep. So the, the shut up. I love the sarcasm in this shit, man. It's like JP's a legend for fucking up. You know, it got me thinking, though, man. It's a matter of perspective. We have done what we have to have done over 20 something top 10 shows. And we've had a million people on these shows and no one's ever done that. Kind of crazy. It's because he had to write it down and JP's retarded when he has Uh, to write things down. I'm kind of a unique guy. (laughs) I I, I march the beat of my own drum. I've written down every single one of my list. I might just come with top 11s for now on. And what was what was the one that did? It was the night house, right? That got cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, they, they, After he gave a full feature review on it. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's a good movie. It sucks it didn't make the top ten, but yeah, it is what it is. All right, JP, go ahead. I just had to say that you have to go first always. So. Yes, Evil Dead Trap. Um, love all the influences and the great camera work and stuff like that. Probably not as much as you guys, but uh, that one, the, the kills are, are really fun. I wish they were spread out more. Um, I, I think the even when like the characters see the the chick with the hook in her face or whatever hanging that that's pretty cool we didn't yeah. mention that i don't think no. um and yeah i think i'll give it a seven and a half out of ten 
All right, Dave. Came up at uh, half a point. Yeah, so uh, I'm hmm. giving this an eight and a half. I'm a big fan of music, the kills, the opening, the fucking found footage, snuff stuff. I love it. I live for it. Eight and a half out of ten. Jeremy. All right. Speaking of blowing all the kills in the beginning, I mean, they don't do the toolbox murders where they blow all the kills in the first 15 <laughs> minutes at least. But um, 30 yeah, minutes. No, nah, yeah, I guess. But uh, this movie, it's okay. Like I said, it's the first time I've watched it. Maybe I'll enjoy it more if I watch it again. But like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, these, these kind of movies aren't really my thing, but I still give it a, a six and a half. Yeah, the toolbox murders is a good reference, Jeremy, because that is the definition of blowing your wad in the first fucking yeah, like 15 minutes. Yeah, they kill everybody in the first like 15 minutes, and then the rest of the movies is like a crime drama. It, it re- I, I like the movie, but if it they really had Cameron Mitchell to to carry the rest of that movie, they'd be in deep shit. I think yeah. honestly, the best thing about the Toolbox Murders is the name of the movie. Cameron Mitchell is great in it. Though. I just watched the forecast. Like he hams movie, it. From what I remember, he hams it up in that motherfucker though. It's great. Beautiful. Yeah. It's great. Beautiful. It's been a while since I've seen it. I, I, I mean, maybe I'll get the. I don't know. <laughs> he sings lollipop movie. Oh fuck me. Probably the last time we watched it was when we did it on yep. the show. Right, right. Yep. Oh, and then we had to watch that dreadful remake. Oh my god. That I don't Toby, get the remake. That Toby Hooper remake is is not good, man. But what about the sequel? I like it better than the remake. <laughs> Honestly. Coffin, baby. I, I don't know objectively if it's a better movie, but I personally liked it better. <laughs> Toolbox murders too. Yeah, it, I remember being kind of silly, but being enjoyable. 22 shots, some boots, and tangents. Anyways, you're right. Um, so, one, so Evil Dead Trap, uh, yeah, I said what I had to say about it, man. Um, 9 out of 10. I, I knew I was probably going to come in the highest on this because it literally packs all the elements that give me a boner. So, it, like, you know, I mean, honestly, dude, like, I'm, I'm always prepping. I'm always watching so many movies and shit, and it's not very often where I finish a movie and I'm like, I just want to fucking hit play again, you know? And that's how I felt about this. I I was like, Oh my God, like it just rekindled my love for this movie. And you know, I, I I don't think it's perfect. I think it's, it is a little bit too long, but you know, it is what it is. It's a great movie. If you like all those things, those directors, all the shit that we said, check this out. It's definitely worth your fucking time. So, and that is, uh, the evil dead trap from 1988. Uh, Yeah. It's more rape. Alright, so moving along here into the 90s, uh, 1992 to be specific uh, with The Evil Dead Trap 2, directed by Izo Hashimoto. That might be relatively okay. I I know I'm always but Japanese names are the hardest names for me to say. Hard man, it really it really is. It's like a mouthful to us Westerners, man. It's just hard to pronounce. And no one else says it before, so we have nothing to go off of. Like no one's like (laughs) other words. Like we hear other people say these Italian words, they're like, "Oh, that's Daria." You're like, "Okay, I heard that. I got it." But back in the day, before the internet or hearing any other reviewers or historians, we'd be like, "Who's what?" I'd be like. Uh, bird with the crystal plumage <laughs> like what are you fucking dumb I'm like I guess you know what's actually funny about that because I always find that Lucio Fulci is, is pronounced differently by everybody some people say Lucio 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 like there's a million different ways to say it and like what actually is the pronoun I say I, Lu- I, I say Lucio Fulci Lucio Fulci that's what I say his name's the Luch the luch that works too it's a lot easier but yeah it's just like if you watch people's videos or listen to podcasts everybody says his name 
differently and it's just it's never really discussed you know it's oh i know you're talking about it's faulty whatever all right so evil dead trap 2 um the, like we, the director of this wrote akira oh nice hey, anime nice kind of a, i could, I could see, see, that. see that yeah me too so like we said uh when we introduced the trilogy uh these movies don't really have any continuity. There's similarities, but it's not like a true trilogy or franchise or anything. It's yeah. So anyways, uh, synopsis, a female. Project. Yeah. That's why actually putting the third one in there actually is like fine. Cause you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the second one doesn't really have anything to do with the first either. Yeah. And it, the third one's only named the evil dead trap three for the American release. Wasn't it like yeah. it's, it was, yep. it was just kind of thrown in there by the Americans. Yeah. So this one was actually called evil dead trap two. Does it have an American release? Mm, no, I think it was just maybe cinema. I don't know. The international. It, it does say a USA name for it is evil dead trap three. So I, I don't know. This I one, I don't know who the fuck, this one, yeah, you know, three. this one is subtitled uh, Evil Dead Trap 2, you know, subtitle, colon Hideki. Um, <clears throat> all right. So synopsis, a female projectionist suddenly comes to the self-realization that she is, in fact, maybe a serial killer responsible for brutally murdering everyone around her. OK, well, that's that's terrible. But that's, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't even make it. That, that's terrible. That's what about the part where she cuts out all their pussies? Like, come on. That's not their ovaries. Yeah, Jeremy doesn't know the female me, bro. <laughs> I mean, why would he know what their fucking ovaries are? It's not like he's getting in there anyways. Okay. I gotta look up your well, ovaries. What? Well, why don't we start with Jeremy on this one? Because I, I, I feel like this movie right here is a little bit more something that he would enjoy. Um, Had no idea what the fuck they were trying to say. Really? I mean, Dave I, were talking about it. Like, this is, this is like a Lynch movie. If you watch it like ten times... It's probably deep as shit, okay. and there's a lot of stuff that's like really I, interesting. I came up with my own theory on it. I have my yeah. own. I have my own theory on it too. So let me hear yours, Dave. Oh wait, but I, I think that Hadaki is basically a, a lost child from the the male that they're fighting over. He yeah. was never born, and yeah. that he is somehow magical and wants to be born. Huh. And they're kind of fighting over who's going to hold the womb. But he's also controlling them before he's born. He's kind of the spirit of all the aborted or lost children before birth. And he's controlling the heavy set woman to go out and cut, cut out women's ovaries who've had abortions. Wow. Wow. We are. It's crazy, dude. That's what I love about the show, man, because the way I took the movie was a lot different. <laughs> like it's similar hold on but, hold on hold on i, I, can I see need what to read so can you briefly just say that again dave because i was lost a I dead baby that, yeah i know what he was saying. go ahead jeremy the, the, what were the, you? the aborted the, baby the, of the heavier set check no yeah. he's saying that the, the the male interest in this movie his wife got an abortion and that's she who had, had a she had a miscarriage a miscarriage and that's who had dookie uh, whatever the hell his name is and now because the fat chick she was haunted from abortion too. So yeah, it, I okay. thought this up. was her aborted baby. It, it, it could be hers or it could be his because he. I feel like he's connected to that child because that child's in his home. Yeah, so I see, feel like it was what his kid would have been see, if he would have had the kid and somehow survived through yeah. telep. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah, so, but okay, it was so, a miscarriage though, right? Because it's not like a revenge thing. No, well, I think he tries to represent and speak up for the the children that have died. I, it's fucking weird. I'm not okay. Sure what okay, so so the way so okay so the way I saw this movie, the way I see this movie is pretty much different. But uh, you know, I could be completely wrong. I mean, this is just opinions. But the way I see this movie is is purely symbolic. 
um, the the baby Hideki is she's not actually being haunted by a ghost. It's it's basically just it's symbolism, right? It's there. We're seeing this movie. We're not we're seeing this movie through um, Aki's eyes, right? So we're not necessarily seeing like we're seeing what's going on through her eyes. But let's face it, she's a little bit messed up here. It is implied. So it is implied that she has had an abortion in the past. And I feel like this is symbolic to that. You know, Hideki represents, um, you know, the, the pain and the grief and the anger that comes along with what happened to her. And where the, when I got thinking about it, I was thinking that, you know, she obviously didn't get pregnant by choice. I'm assuming that she probably got raped. Let's go back to the rape here. Well, I would assume so because she has self-confidence well okay so that's where the sexuality thing comes into play and this is where the anger issues come in too and this is why she's a little bit crazy but again going back to hideki's the image of hideki is symbolic she has this abortion because she is uh probably raped she's the victim of rape and she's not going to have a rape child right so she has it what is the evidence of the rape thing well she's sexually kind of uh she's very but she goes out at night Right. Which I thought she was being controlled, and I didn't understand if she was a killer before, or the the I get maybe the guilt or that presence of Hadaiki was controlling her to do it because the yeah, other maybe woman like goes when, crazy too. Like the other one goes crazy too. Maybe when he like came up to her booth that like re and like push. Maybe she's been pushing back the memories for so long that when yeah, he finally yeah. came up, it to could the, be either. Booth, I, well, maybe I got she, the vibe that it been happening. Go ahead. And for a while, mm-hmm. like that, she had been doing this for a while. Yeah, yeah, but I because it, don't it, they it, talk it, about like that? There's been like multiple murders, but they never. She could have always been seeing Hidaki. That's the thing. I think that, like I said, Hidaki is. You no, know, no, that's what I mean. I think that 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 this has like been influencing her for a long time. Yeah, we're seeing the she, movie. She's definitely targeting beautiful women, right? Who probably had abortions though. Right. At the same time. Right. Well, exactly. She's attacking horrors. She well, is. She's cutting out their ovaries. She's. Yeah. I think she's. I think the abortion thing is definitely what. Yeah. Going on there. And well, that's the, it. okay. So that that leads into where I was getting at. So she obviously is, you know, super sexually angry, frustrated, and stuff because of what happened to her. She's dealing with the abortion because obviously, maybe before she goes insane, she's like, you know, kind of maybe even against that kind of thing. But she's not going to have this rape child. So now she's angry. Hideki is symbolic. She's not being haunted. She's seeing this thing. It's not driving her to do things in my mind. But then you can see, like, as the narrative progresses, like, she is very sexually frustrated and and has issues with it towards men and women. And that's where I think it leads into her, you know, the whole abortion thing, hence ripping out the ovaries and killing sexual sex workers. I think most of them are hookers and, th- and things like that, right? That yeah. are part of the sex trade, what plays into the sexuality yeah. part of well, it what, and her what anger. You, what do you connect it to with her friend, though? Okay, because her so, friend's clearly batshit crazy too. Well, yeah, I think there's something she, showing both of them. Well, see yeah, the thing. See, see the thing is. See the thing is. I think. Okay, see the way I see it with her friend. I see the movie through. You got to remember. I'm. I'm watching the movie through through Aki's eyes and I don't think the friend is actually that bad. I think that Aki is creating this shit in her fucking mind. Yeah, but she wasn't there in the scene where she's like getting turned on by the fucking... She also wasn't there when the father was, with the, just, with the male was home, and, and Aki was in the house. The, see the, the child was in the house, so she's imagining all that. Well, the, the the weird thing is, is that I just can't see some of the things that her friend is. See, okay, so Aki has obviously got issues with male and female sexual and things like that, and her friend is trying to set her up with her fucking boyfriend that she's obviously pregnant with her with this dude's and child and stuff. Cheating on his wife. Yeah, and and, yeah. and and see, like I think that in reality. 
her friend wouldn't really want to be doing that considering she knows that her friend Aki has had these issues in the past. She's had a board. She's got problems. Like you, you can probably yeah, but I don't see she's really her friend, man. She seems well, maybe sort not. of like, uh, but that's what I see. Um, that's why I see from Aki's point of view. She's like, like when they walk into the party, she seems all, like, like an nymphomaniac like, too, though. She's right? seeing like, she the world like a... from the worst point of view. Like she thinks her friend's fucking evil because she may in fact probably is pregnant, but is she really trying to set her up with her friend and, and kind of rub it in? At one point she literally starts rubbing it in her face that she's pregnant you know go have sex with this guy blah 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 and like her friend must know that she's having these sexual issues and stuff like it just seems so mean-spirited but i think we're seeing that through aki's eyes i don't think the friend hence the reporter is really doing that shit i think this is what's dry the driving force is the craziness that aki has in her and you know the only thing that throws me off on that mood like okay. i would agree with you on that like because yeah. I, I can't fucking differ you know what i mean it's, right, it's almost right. impossible to prove their fucking nonsense right right but i like the nonsense yeah i mean it's getting it stuff. is it's like an interesting it's, it's the only thing that really person. throws me off is there's one point where the boyfriend the husband is cheating on his wife. i wish i remember this fucker's name because it would make it a lot easier him and his wife are at home and she's like the, he hadaki came back came and late. it's only them and the kid's sitting there as if that child is connected to them somehow, unless they're doing something completely ridiculous where they're having her imagine something that she's not there for. Right. Which is the only thing that throws – because I, th- I feel like Hidaki, maybe they're going for the first Evil Dead trap where there's a two-in-one deal where Hidaki is inside of him waiting to be born. Mm-hmm. And he's maybe something that was supposed to be born, but he never was. Right. This movie's way deeper than it has any means to <laughs> – It's a good movie. <laughs> I will this say this. Is, this it's good. I mean, it, is this it's like an anti-abortion message right i don't know about that i it mean it seems I, like it right like i think the, movies the, like, that you, you think that, it's pro it you think it's, it's pro-life abortion it's you, just a character in there that does that like people assume that red christmas was anti-abortion the director said to himself he said it's not it's not pro or anti it's just a story that is really disturbing that i wanted to tell and it is it's a fucked up situation like i don't it think it could that, be anti-abortion too, and you could take just, it as that you could you really could right. that the child should be born but if the child's controlling you to cut out hookers ovaries part sorry for the word hooker prostitutes or whatever you want to call them their ovaries then maybe that child shouldn't have been born so maybe it's a pro fucking abortion story you know what i'm right. saying you can look at it anyway people will use what they want but that i don't theory, I, I mean yeah but typically in horror movies whenever something is punishing people it's usually because because of some historian wrote it some historian wrote it. Like that's why they're like, "You had sex in a slasher, now you got to die." And Sean Cunningham, like, "What are you talking about? I was trying to make a dollar." I, was I mean, to make that, money. I don't that, know that theory that. that theory does make sense in in the reality of you know. Oh, so you know, if this kid was aborted and he's pissed off, so now he's going to start controlling people to do some crazy shit like ripping out ovaries and just making it so you know, it's that it's that anger, it's that anger issue. Like, yeah, I don't think you, Moods you, is wrong either. I do think there is a certain point of the story told by her, and I'm not gonna, I'm not willing to go one way or another. On this. I like, like your I theory, Dave, honestly, because it. I, yeah, the, I like. like I didn't. Theory, I didn't really know what the fuck. Well, no <laughs> mood theory. I actually read online. Somebody else wrote a mood theory too, and they, mm. they were saying it's all by her point. Really, they had this elaborate thing. Well, see, and because, I read that, and I was like, I don't buy that because of this. So I was like, I tried to make up my own. Like either well, way, really. Okay, so okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell. I'll tell you the point. For I'll tell you the point where yeah, I, I started to realize, and I, I was, you know, I was probably halfway in the film. But remember the opening scene where where Aki and her friend, I can't remember the fucking friend's name, but anyways, they're sitting down to lunch and stuff and the friends. I don't know how you know anybody's name. Well, I just remember Aki because she was the <laughs> overweight girl, but anyways, which I thought was an interesting lead because, you know, that that's kind she's of... She's a great lead. I yeah. love that. The fact that she's not attractive and stuff. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, well, but okay, the scene where she's sitting down to lunch with her friend and 
her friend is eating that soft boiled egg and she breaks the top open and she clearly sees a fucking dead chicken fetus in there. Yeah, but that's a thing. That's yeah, but I thing. thought that might have been a balut though. It is. Some people do eat those. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah a that... No, but her friend doesn't even uh, react to like... it. Her friend okay, this is my point. Her friend doesn't even react to that being in there. And we're seeing this through Aki's eyes. Yeah, but she it is could seeing be a balut, this. That's why well, they have balut these things. That's like, where I ducks. took it right away. They have duck ducks in there but still it, they wouldn't have made it that meal if they weren't trying to say something at the same time they would have just had to be an egg they were definitely showing the fetus within the egg to say something well that's why i see that's why i came to the conclusion that it has to be through we're seeing this film through aki's uh perception of reality which is not necessarily reality right she's seen shit for how it is in her and she's mind. not right either she's not right either because well, we see her go out and she's all fucked up she tries to have the sexual relationship right. she almost gets raped that's and my point like, she has she doesn't know what she's doing yeah she doesn't seem to understand that she's going out and committing these murders which leads to i know we've been talking a lot about the story but aesthetically this movie looks fucking awesome like the movie yeah. theater stuff the mm-hmm. neon yeah. lights the wet pavement all that shit like i put the streets are slick with rain and the only thing to light the darkness are neon signs and street lights it looks so, fucking yeah. good. even even when dude goes out of the house um and like the, there's like the the or out of the movie theater. i forget where it was was, but there's like neon lights in the background and shit and yeah, it's a good looking movie like, man no it, it, it really is shit. so what what else you read similar to my theory on that what else did they say on that oh shit jeremy sent me it and they, they were basically saying it's through her eyes like yeah it's well through that, her story and stuff like that it's funny she, that, you're that's, seeing it through her that's totally crazy man because that's totally how i saw it and but like, there's it, only two ways to see it, right? Yeah, we got to see it through her say, eyes, or we got to see it through some sort of and I'm telling you, evil, I was, born baby's right, eyes. Right. I wasn't sure which way I was going to be going on this because, but then I got about halfway in the film, and then I remembered the 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 soft egg with the chicken, and I'm like, dude, that wasn't there. She saw that shit through her eyes, and it was it was yeah. again going back to the fetus thing and blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, we're seeing this movie through her eyes 100 because there's a lot of other things that you know it's it, I can't really remember everything, but there's little small anecdotes in the film i'm like dude that's not the reality we're seeing this shit from her reality which is fucking is bunked it's bunked right now she's fucked in the head dude there's that weird point where all three of the women that are involved with that man are just hanging out and like it's like is she crippled i feel like she's sitting down like she has no legs or something they're all just sitting there on the fucking dots talking i'm like why are they talking well you think i don't fucking know why they're together the other scene that really kind of throws me off too and that i that i picture it through aki's eyes is the scene where yeah they're at that party and they're they're having their coke and candy party what the fuck is that yeah Coke and, ca- yeah. coke and candy it's like you never had a coke and candy party sorry it's a, it's a demon's party so the <laughs> scene where obviously the dude takes her you know they leave together and stuff like that and it's just so natural but like this guy's involved with this other girl and i'm like why the fuck is it just acceptable that he's getting up with aki and leaving even though he's gonna take her home but you know like when you see people leave together shit usually goes down and stuff yeah. but it's totally acceptable and we know that the friend is, like she's pregnant and stuff and i'm like but it seems so acceptable because it's not seen through because her fucking she, we're seeing it through her eyes right now she's yeah, picturing this here's the thing here's the thing about that though is is she clearly is some sort of nympho sex addict because she even asked him she's like did you hook up with aki yet yeah but he's the and one he's pursuing like, her yet. and but he's the one pursuing her in that that's why i think it's in her mind he's like i think there's motivations for her in that right because she if she was pursuing him i probably would look at it a little bit differently but he's the one pursuing her and takes her home right there is scenes where I, she, right, but yeah, there I is feel scenes, like he may girl, be driving the them crazy. I feel like he may be responsible at the same time. That's why I'm going with that whole two is one deal from the first movie. Right. Like, I feel like 
he might be the one controlling them. There might be something evil within him, like that baby. But maybe he's just playing on these women's fucked up past or something. I, like I said, I'm not. I can't to explain away the scene. I can't. I can't you know explain I mean? away the scene like with the boy and chicks, him though. Man. Like I think that's in her mind. But I mean, again, you could explain it away different ways too. But I was confused by that scene also. I didn't really know how to take it because I'm like, well, fuck, man, we're seeing this from a vantage point where she's not there but you know it's it just it's almost confusing when you look at well, it i need to watch here's, this here's my thing i don't I think really the girl if the girls the girl's hooking up with this dude who's married i don't think she really cares that he's hooking up with other chicks you know what i mean well the the the, the model of the it's the, like the, not the monogamous. video lady wants to hook her friend up supposedly with with him so she can break out of her shell Right, right. That's what she's saying, but it, it's. But she's also being, but she's being up. mean about it though too. Like she's rubbing yeah, it in her yeah, face. Like she's being, it. she's being trash bags. And I'm like, is she really being like this, or is just Aki like seeing her as this evil fucking bitch? Because it seems so abnormal that if you're having a kid with somebody and you're just like, well, my dude, well, you know, go fuck her, go yeah, do this and that. It's just normal. Want the kid, or is she just using that because she says I'll take care of it? Well, also no, I she wants if, the kid. If, if the I, I, guy's wife doesn't care because she can't have a child, so she wants almost him to impregnate someone else so they can have the child. Right. It's fucking strange. Right, I know. I thought no, she doesn't seem to give a fuck. The wife, no. she doesn't care that he's sleeping around. Yeah. That's why. That's why uh-huh. I see it so differently because it just doesn't seem like that character should be that fucking like insanely mean. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's, like, everybody's well, see, here's the thing though. Movie. But she, she's like. Like the fact that they bring home this the fucking videotape of like the cut open girl and shit and she's like all into it like to me that shows that there's something wrong with this person right you know what I mean and then also going back to that party somebody says like you cut the best lines I'm like what the fuck are you talking about cut the best lines you just fucking put it in a line what <laughs> like you know that, that, that line, JP but that's just that's just, that's just that's a different that's just a cultural thing man that's yeah, you know that's a translation that's a translation thing don't it, I know it comes off very it, it sounds very corny to us like you cut the best like nobody would ever say that if you're at a coke and candy but like, you cut the best lines it's like <laughs> coke and candy really <laughs> well they literally like yeah, dumping, like well, the, I know that table, by the way, was kick ass. It was like a fucking it was like a fish tank table. Do you notice that? It was fucking cool, man. There was also some kind of fish tank in the background, too. Yeah. It was like a big wall. Thing. I love I that, that idea cool. for a table for a coffee table. that actually is a fish tank is fucking cool, man. I was like, that's that amazing. Cool. Before, too. Yeah. Uh, Very neat. The gore in this movie is pretty nasty, too. Like, again, yeah. it does mm-hmm. the whole the nasty video footage through the camera's lens, which yeah. when you see that body laying on the fucking rocks and it's fucking like, it's yeah. all, it's private parts are all cut out and the ovaries are hanging out. It's like, that's fucking disgusting. Like a lot of dead bodies and wet places. And I love when she's like, Oh, she's like a big girl. So when she's in that red dress chasing people down the street with a fucking knife, I'm like, that's fucking, that's pretty scary looking. I mean, she you don't that, really see that. She goes to that dumpy bar. Like, what's up with that bar? It looks like it's like a bag of an abandoned bus or something. Like, Everything looks like it got flooded. Every This yeah. whole fucking movie looks yeah. like it's fucking It's very like, dingy. But it, it, you know, it makes sense because it almost feels like it's in a nightmare kind of state. And the cinematography goes very well with, you know, the way the movie's filthy. It's very, very filthy. Like the scene where in the in the, um, uh, the alleyway get molested by those two fucking dudes. It's just filthy feeling. Like li- it's literally people. Yeah, and it's that. That's yeah, the but thing. Is she egg them on it's filthy. But I'm just saying, like the kill what are you scenes saying are she filthy. Deserved it, Jeremy? Yeah. Dude, no, that's I, a, I was gonna say that. that's a classic. Like, well, she shouldn't have been walking around in a she shouldn't have been wearing that red dress. Out. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like but, the cinematography um, matches everything that we're seeing in this. Man, it feels a little bit dirty and stuff, but it's awesome. 
But then, you know, you get these dirty ass, like literally filthy scenes, like in alleys and, and, you know, molestation and fucking nasty gore and shit. And it's shot in low lights. And yeah, man, it's just, it's an uneasy type film that's very mind fucking. Um, I just, that's the way I saw it, dude. I just couldn't think of anything else. And I I ran through so many different ideas in my mind. And I'm like, I'm sticking with this one because it's the one I feel most confident with. But there's things I can't explain. I wouldn't I, die on a hill for any uh, how this movie yeah. is explained. You know what I mean? Somebody said that. I'd be like, maybe. I don't fucking know. Is there a this commentary? Is on, I don't there, know if it's right. Is there a commentary on the DVD? Because I didn't even look. I watched the the, on, the high def one that you sent, but I, I didn't check my DVD. I didn't release for sure. I, I didn't check Under the DVD. Yeah, I, I, I would like put to put out a DVD, blue, but there's a Blu-ray around. I swear yeah, to God. There needs to be another Dude, I'd obviously seen this movie before because I've owned it forever, but... I was, it was like watching it for the first time. I swear I watched this movie and then forgot all about it because I probably didn't get it for a fucking minute when I first yeah, watched yeah. I was probably so confused. I just forgot this. about it. Right. And I was like watching this going, I remember certain parts. I remember the scenes of her, of Aki in the theater. And when she's, you know, doing some choppy chops with, uh, with the film. And stuff. I remember things like that because anything set in theaters always seems to stick with me. But as for the rest of the movie, dude, I was like, what the fuck? Dude, I, it was like I, I first time watch. I do want to just bring this up because we briefly glossed over it, but I love the casting of of this chick because Me too. for one, she doesn't it, she, like she actually fits the part like perfect of this like reserved like girl who uh, you know works as a projection person, yeah. but also like typically anytime in this role you would see some you know attractive super woman. hot yeah. like yeah like skinny yeah. girl. Acting, acting awkward like you know and then she's like a 10 out of 10 and she's like right it's oh, like if I you just took I your can't. glasses off you'd be fucking the the po- most yeah. popular girl in the song well, that, like that's reality pen, what is that song six pence none would play like there she yeah. goes take your glasses off <laughs> but that just seems like reality but, because these type of things happen to everybody and the casting is perfect in that but the irony is is that the way i perceive the movie is it's you know we're seeing it through her fucked up reality which actually isn't the real reality <laughs> it's kind of weird right yeah we're like so um, expecting to to see a certain thing that when the movie first started, I even though we spent some time with her, I didn't think she was the main character for a little bit. And I was like, oh, this is actually the main character. I was like, this is interesting because she didn't look like a typical like lead in a film. And it's kind of like the it, Boneyard, right? Where the Boneyard has like untypical leads and it's refreshing. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, especially really, when you're dealing with re- sexuality and, and things like that too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you right. don't expect yeah. this to be the lead for sure. And I give her props too because she did like a nude scene and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, it's not typically what you see. And I, I really like that about it. Uh, but overall, like to me, I just thought this movie was like super fascinating. I love the projection booth job. Um, she almost looked, I thought she was like young at first. Like she, she, she looked very young. Like I thought she was like a teen. I think it's the hat. When you put yeah, like, yeah, hats on she girls, has, like, they always look almost young. like a, uh, like a tomboyish thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought she was like really young at first, but as the movie went on, I realized that she was supposed to be a little bit older. Um, I, didn't really understand how there's a scene in the um if it's her manager or something but he brings up like the abortion thing too right Mm -hmm. and i'm like because he says he like you got an abortion or something like that i'm like how does everybody know this who would say something like that and and Right. It could be a it it could be a cultural thing too. I mean, it's it's so normal over here. Like we hear, like 
women have them like all the time but i think it's a little bit different over there like it's nobody brings it up it's more of a bigger deal yeah you're right like in in a social situation you're probably not gonna be like yeah so um you know you want to talk about your abortion you had there or or they could be like hey remember that time you tried to kill yourself like, yeah, like right. you were in a hospital for like six months. It's like, dude, I think it's a little bit more doing. I think it's a little bit more taboo, but I think it's also, again, you know, even going back to my theory on the film, it's like, you know, again, we're seeing it through her eyes and, you know, that she's picturing like, I mean, that's an example of something that you probably wouldn't see or here in, in a normal reality of someone just being like, yo, you know, I heard you had an abortion. Like no one just brings that shit up. Like it just doesn't fucking, but so in her eyes, like she's just so fucked up. She's imagining this guy's like, Oh, you're talking about my abortion. Well, fuck you. I'm going to go rip out your, you know, your fucking sister's ovaries kind of thing. Right. But I also don't know what the status of abortions are in Japan or even this time in Japan either. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's like looked down upon, if it's like, you know, very pot like pro-choice. Like I don't know what it. You know, honestly, culturally. I don't know now. But in 1992, I have absolutely no idea either. No, I, right. I don't have a clue. No. Yeah, so th- that that's an interesting. I mean, it's aspect. still up for debate around here too, because honestly, it's more socially acceptable to you know to have you know pro-choice, whatever you do, what the fuck you want to do. But then there's the other side of the coin. Then there's still people that are constantly protesting, you know, the anti-abortion thing and. Aren't you proud of me, JP? I kept my mouth shut. You know, it's, 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 you know, I, I fucking drive by the hospital all the time and I still see people out there. It's minus 30. People are still standing out there. It's like, what the fuck, man? It's crazy. Yeah, that's proud of me. crazy. It is. They're going to be self aborting their fucking balls if it's, they don't get inside. It's literally insane. <laughs> I know. It's, I don't, I just, yeah, I don't want to get into the politics of abortion, but. Right. Absolutely not. But the boy. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to start that conversation because I get fucking heated about but it. JP man. in an uncomfortable place. Come on. But, um. I'm just joking. I love you, buddy. Yeah, no, this is oh. definitely an interesting entry into this, uh, into this trilogy man you know it's it has elements of the first one but it it's totally its own thing it's a it's a total mind fuck of a movie um it's interesting i'll I'll give it that is it overly entertaining yes no. and yes and no i mean there's there's point i think it's more interesting than entertaining because it really got it was it fucked with my head. I after I it, watched it, it might I, be a little bit too long as well, though. Yeah, I was gonna watch nice. the third one read after this one, but I was so mind boggled by it, I just sat there and lit and thought about it forever. And I was like going through my notes, which I haven't even opened up once. Um, and I was going through my notes and I was making new notes, and I was like, okay, this and this connect this, you know, do that, and okay, this is my theory on it. <laughs> you know, it's like, and and if a movie does that, you know, it's doing something right. Right, getting you thinking. Well, if you can get us to talk about it, it's worth fucking watching, right? I mean, there's so many movies that we watch. Like, let's look at Hell Night, which we all enjoyed, but we didn't have shit to say about it. Like, yeah, that one guy dies, and then remember what happens to his body? No, do you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> little, I'm smart. Like, it's a fine movie, but sometimes there's not much. It all to comes say. down like, to Linda Blair one, not showing her titties in that movie. That's a big mistake. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, the one last thing I have to say about this movie is that fucking end fight scene is awesome. It's amazing. It's in bonkers, fucking it's over the top. So over the top. It's so over it the top. It reminds me dude. of ID. Remember that movie ID we watched? Yeah. Um, yeah. It. I mean, it. Not ID. It. Fucking the guy, who did, the lady who did Organ. She directed it. That was fucking bonkers. Organ made my like top ten in '96. Actually, I need to watch that. Organ is batshit, dude. I remember. I remember uh, Brandon. He it didn't really care made for my list. Yeah, he's it like made I, my top twenty-five. 
I think I think Oregon was actually too. Uh, I think he said it was too gross. It was too fucking gory and shit for him. <laughs> Who said that? Yeah, Brandon. Brandon did. That was the reason why I didn't really care for it. It was too insane. Like it was really gory and nasty. I mean, if it if it's anything like like stomach turning, that movie's gross as like, fuck. Yeah, it's gross. It's like stomach turning gore. Yeah, it was gross. I was yeah. like, this is fucking gross. But I'm gross. It, I like gross. Fetus shit. gross. I live for the gross. Yeah, fetus is pretty fucking nasty, man. Pretty yeah, gross. Brian Paul's there's, movies are all gross. I love Brian Paul. There's certain gross shit that I can handle and other gross shit that I can't. Well, there's certain things I can't things handle like, puke anymore. I can't, I can't do puke. It, I can't handle when people puke suck on someone's really toes. Bad, That's the grossest thing in the world, dude. <laughs> uh, I, I don't like poop and, for real and, in and movies. Pus. You can't do pus no, either. No, pus, right? pus and, and anything to do with feet. And I don't like eye... Which is ironic, I know, it's because I'm a huge Fulci fan. Eye stuff drives me nuts. It makes me just, it makes my fucking, my stomach just curls. Teeth are are bad. People Um, rubbing food on themselves. I can't stand it. Like, there's a movie of somebody's naked and spreading mustard. I'll throw up. I'll throw up. I hate it. Speaking (laughs) of that, like, dude, the fucking sex scene with the hamburger was, and they were kissing, was so fucking disgusting to me. In which part in this one? Yeah. I don't remember that. What do you mean you don't remember that? I know. I feel like I'm in dirty work. It's like, you know what prisoners are most famous? I never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't remember dude, that. Dude, <laughs> the, 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 the friend goes to visit dude in his office and have sex with him after she like gets all turned on from seeing she the dead body. She brings hamburger? Oh, yeah, yeah, She's yeah, eating she, a fucking yeah. hamburger oh, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, time. He's like kissing her no, and right. stuff in the mouth. Right. It's fucking disgusting. I must, have, I must have fucking blacked that hamburger shit out because I don't like that. I'm not a food big, and sex. Food, is food, yeah, yeah, no, food and, food and sex nasty. literally bugs me so much. It's I don't so even. Fucking I don't nasty. even like the bone if I'm full. I'm like a. Sh- I know how like sharks after they like have a feeding frenzy they like to have sex. That's the only time they have sex. I'm the opposite. Oh like, yeah, I want to. I want to have sex on an empty stomach. <laughs> right. <laughs> Feel all bloated and shit. Yeah, let's bone before dinner. I don't feel sexy. <laughs> I, feel too, I don't feel sexy after eating. Right. Yeah, so you like to get like naked and throw up or something. I don't like it. They pay me for the most part. <laughs> for Fuck, the no most. one likes to get naked in movies. I'm just stupid enough to say yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Is this it for this one? Yeah. Sure. I mean, if anyone else has anything they want to say, say it. Or then we can just get to ratings. Dave, you be up. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I mean, this one could require multiple viewings, and I, I could dig deeper. Uh, I still don't know 100% what the fuck is going on, uh, but I kind of do. I like it. Good lead, good visuals, uh, good gore, nasty. Like I said, being that point of view, the voyeurism through the cameras, I love that shit. I'm, I'm like, like I said, Hisayasu Sato is one of my favorites, and that's all he lives for is just weird voyeurism through technology. So, yeah, I like this one. Seven and a half. Right. Jeremy. Yeah, I feel like if you watch this movie like five more times you probably get a lot more out of it it's a pretty deep movie once you think about it like we've talked about so i give it the same rating as the last one six and a half you think you gave the last one six didn't you no okay six and a half all right um yeah i think it's solid it's it fucks with your head a little bit um no surprise that everyone agreed with dave on his theory that doesn't surprise me one bit i don't even agree with um, <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's not even that I'm being like, you know, that I'm on the fucking one way street here. I just, that's what I came, that's what I was totally seeing. And I, I, it all stems well, from I was that amazed because somebody scene. else wrote that paper about it. Like, so it's you're not the only that, one. 
it's yeah, just the only the, one. I got to read this. I have to read this paper, Dave. I want to see if what else they have in there because maybe they can elaborate on my thoughts that I can't fully elaborate. But like I said, the scene that really sold that idea for me is the fucking egg scene because I'm like, that shit is not there. That's through her eyes. She's seeing that shit. Hence the egg is, you know, it's obviously symbolism for, you know, obviously the kids, right? And yeah, so. Yeah, but what if it was a balloon? I don't think so. That's the one with the actual chicken or the fetus yeah. in there, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. still the same thing. They wouldn't have shown that otherwise. No, no. I'm saying that he he's saying that the woman would would have reacted to it being in there. But if it's supposed to be in there, why would she yeah. react? I know some people do order weird stuff. No, I know. Well, it, I get it, what you're saying. Asian. Well, I think it's more Philippine. I Filipino, get. I get what you're saying. I don't know if it's Japanese or not. But I just I I just think it it's not it can't be coincidental at that point. You know, I mean, we're dealing with the symbolism, in my opinion, and you know that's just that's just kind of screaming at you right there. I mean, the egg, well, the dead fetus but, but in there, because, her abortion. But, like, I but mean, just it, because, but just because it's a it's intentional and symbolic doesn't mean they don't cancel each other out. You know what I mean? It could still be that that it's supposed to be there and still be symbolic. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I just I'm seeing it as, you know, that it's not there. That's just the way I'm seeing it. And that she's right. seeing that because that's what she's seeing, right? So it's solid. Um, seven out of ten. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this one. I might have enjoyed this watch more than the first Evil Dead Trap, even though I I think the first Evil Dead Trap is a stronger movie, but I'd already seen that one. This was like really um, interesting, and I I was just very curious to see where it was going, and right away like the fact that the lead was like a projectionist, and there was this like weird like sexual undertones to things, and and the violence and and the sex stuff was mixing. I was like, oh, this is like different. Like, w- where's this film gonna go? So I was like really just drawn into it. Uh, especially just with the lead and just being, di- it just felt like a different movie. And honestly, it, not typical of what I've seen from like a Jap- the Japanese films I've seen either. It's very unique. Like I haven't seen anything like this. Um, so I was l- really into it and uh, I'm going to give it a seven though. Uh, I think that it could go higher on a rewatch because I-, I was more confused than both of you two on what the hell was going on. Um, I'm glad that we had but, different ideas on it, man. That made for a good conversation. I wasn't sure how this yeah, was going to go. It, it I was not willing does. to argue so much about it because, like I said, like this is required. I'd have to watch it again, see and it, maybe again. Right. See, well, my- it doesn't feel like a movie where it's like this is the right answer and this is the wrong answer. You know what I mean? It's like right. here's here's my theory. Here's my theory. Let's throw them on the table and and you know learn from it. Yeah. See, in my conceited mind, I thought my theory was gonna be right, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, right. You're right, moods. We got your back." No, I'm just. Well, the only problem I have with totally your theory not. is just that it it doesn't like. There's too many scenes of her not in the scene. Did I'm like, would that make sense for her to I know. imagine and, this stuff and that, up? That's where it becomes holy for me too. But there's also scenes where uh, the scene where the, the dude and the, and the and the kids in there and stuff. I'm I'm a. I think there's also something to do with maybe the. It fact, could be like a mixture of both. Dude. Yeah, like he, maybe he was dealing with. I, I, there might be something maybe with one of his his ex wife had something too. I don't know. I have no idea. It's just it's really confusing. It's confusing, but I'd like to hear people's theories on the movie if you have one. 
if you've now, seen people it. People only want to talk about franchise movies. That the big franchise movies. <laughs> this is a franchise movie. No, I get, I get what he's. I get what he's saying. Friday, Nightmare, Halloween, Leatherface. Yeah, that's all they want to talk about. Nobody you cannot mention. Well, those are fun to talk about too. But but does yeah. uh, it doesn't have eighty-seven thousand copies like Friday does. So you know. Well, right. I, I would like to see this get a exploding headphone watch from on Earth. Because I would definitely. Put yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it came. I enjoyed they, it. They got the rights to the first I'd love one, to so see. they might as well put out the second one. Because I assume they still have com- the rights. Get a damn commentary on there too. They might <laughs> you know? not have the rights anymore because I, I did notice that the the DVD is like long out of print now. So they might have lost yeah. the rights. I have no idea. So still so find it for cheap though. But you never. Oh yeah, I'm just saying that if it's out of not it, it usually Canada, means probably. that they don't have the rights anymore. <laughs> it's usually a rights thing. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, bought, I, I got sure the DVD they, for dirt fucking cheap back in the day oh it was like cheap five forever bucks. It was five like, bucks they were like three dollars they're yeah. like here you bought five dollars of the stuff here's your six free copies of evil dead trap 2 <laughs> right right yeah well the snaps it one was always my show for like 20 years moods i finally watched it <laughs> it's crazy it was <laughs> like that's it was, what i love about this show though especially like the top 10 shows like the retro ones because there's so many titles i own that are just fucking sitting on shelves forever and it the show gives you an excuse to watch that shit well you know what's funny dude like when i was doing my update it seemed like every movie i was showing off i'm like well the, i watched this for prep in this top 10 show that we did it was like every fucking movie i showed yeah, it was like from yeah, some sure. specific year that we did a top 10 for i'm like this is so weird and i never clued in well until i was doing the update and i was like this is strange very odd I mean, Saturn's core releasing 394 films in the last like month or two. Like that was bizarre. And they got another one coming too, so Sinister. Weird. Yeah, yeah, Sinister, which I actually do have a DVD copy of. Me too, but I'm I'm gonna get the Blu-ray. Right? Yeah. You know why? I, I've got it coming too. But Savage Harvest because is you're another a one. Rich asshole, Dave? jock. Stop! Don't say that. That's over. Savage, that. Har- Savage Harvest is awesome. So I said I was sorry and I meant it. All right, so that is going to conclude Evil Dead Trap 2 from 1992. Yeah. All right, so getting into the third film here in the Evil Dead Trap trilogy from 1993, titled The Brutal Insanity of Love, also known as The Evil Dead Trap 3. All right, so this one is uh, directed by Tashihira Aikida, again. And uh, we got a quick little synopsis here. A policewoman is investigating the apparent suicide of a college co-ed. The prime suspects include the girl's professor, who may have been having an affair with her and the professor's wife, who frequents lesbian bars. <laughs> I always love it. Dogs like it. I Sounds love, like a giallo to me. I love how people write. Like, uh, it's always fun. I was shocked to see like how much of a giallo. Oh, was. this is because I, I didn't even know yeah. that it was. I didn't know anything about this film. I didn't know that you guys thought that either. But I was watching it and I was just like, "Oh, yeah. this is like a fucking giallo." Yep, it pretty much is. Yeah, yeah. Right. It feels like '90s Japanese and and some older Italian thrillers for sure. Yeah, it's kind well, of. I think like the police procedural aspect of it. Yeah, big time. And like the the ending reveal feels very giallo to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it feels more like Brian De Palma too. Well, that's a good. Which place, is huh? giallo like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, De Palma, like, yeah, where do you think he got his? I wouldn't say not style, according but, to him. Yeah, right. It's such bullshit, dude. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You can I've see that, a, a yeah, that, I don't like, that's bullshit, dude. How have you never seen an Argento movie, man? Uh, I, you know I, he went to the theater all the time. I, I mean, 
That's William like, Lustig saw all of them. Argento's too popular that. to have not have seen. You know, even when he was he like, saw Plum- deep red. He saw deep red, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, and you probably saw Plumage. You probably saw all the fucking giallos that influenced him to make the movies that he claims that he wasn't influenced by. Right. So what are you guys' thoughts on this one? Oh, fuck. It's um, fine. <laughs> it has the it. same lead actor from part two. Yeah. Okay, so and, I just, um, I, I just, sorry to interrupt, but dude, I'm watching this movie, and which is a first time watch for me. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, I've seen this movie before. Dave, what movie? Like, I swear there's another movie that's like identical to this. Like, I just remember like uh, torsos, uh, to kill. like torsos floating around. And then like th- just the way the procedural goes Slice? through in this movie. Have you ever seen Slice? But even the reveal of like, well, not the reveal, but like how like the, the lead professor slash fencing teacher, whatever, has this apparent wife that is, you know, something has happened to her and she's very, she's secluded into her house for like, there's all these elements in this movie that I'm like, the whole time I'm watching this, I felt like I was having deja vu for a hundred minutes. Did you watch the uh, Thai uh, thriller? I think it's Thai uh, Slice. There's a lot of torsos and suitcases in that movie. Kind of that read like. Yeah. I feel like this yeah. movie is very, like, not negative. Like, just, it's kind of generic in some yeah, ways. Generic. I, I think that the fucking, I didn't fucking get the the reveal. That oh, my God, dude. Okay, I, that's either. one of the biggest I problems. I call that I, reveal. It was one of two things. It had to be. That's all there was to it. Okay, yeah. this thing drives me fucking nuts. I gotta say, man, like, th- this is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to, like, reveal. And filmmakers have this thing where they, you know, they have a reveal and then they have the person arguing against it. And then it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, it goes on for, like, ten minutes. Like, no, I did this. No, I didn't do this. No, I did this. I did this. No, you did. You did this. And I'm like, fucking, jeez, what are we, four years old? Like, my dad's better than your dad. It's not hard. Fuck. Dude, I'll tell you this. Honestly, too. dude, the ending of this movie drove me nuts. And I, I won't I won't lie. I thought this movie was shot pretty well. Um it's it's not even a bad movie. I just How thought it was How could you see it? It's really the picture fuck, quality it, was awful. Yeah, the picture, yeah, the picture quality no, was so fucking but what, trash. But what bro, I meant on this I was like, I, I like, can't tell if this is a dream sequence or the fucking pictures it's supposed to look well, like. Okay, let like me elaborate. Fucking recorded conquest on like 14 dubs. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, there were certain scenes that were so hazy looking that I was like, is this a stylistic choice or is this like a dream sequence? It would have looked better. What I liked about it. Can you find a better copy, Dave? This is the only quality that exists. What I liked about it, what I liked (laughs) about the way I was seen, I mean, I could see it fine. I watched it on my computer, so maybe it just, maybe it looked better on a smaller screen. I don't know. But I did like the blue hues and shit. I like that, right? That's pretty much what I was seeing. Like, most of the movie kind of looks like that through it, but yeah. You could tell it was a good looking movie. It's just the picture quality. Well, one of my notes is. The transfer is better. One of my notes is this movie would probably be a lot more appealing if it had a great transfer because you can tell from the cinematography points that it's probably pretty good, right? There's some good hues in there. There's some good shots of the water and just good panning shots. And there's some goodness that's going on there, but you're right. The PQ is shit, but well, I like any movie that opens up with a fucking torso sitting on the fucking, yeah, and I felt like I've seen this before and I'm like, what movie is this from? And then I found myself throughout the whole movie going, where the fuck is this from? Where is this from? And I'm like, like, it maybe was, you saw the brutal insanity of love. <laughs> maybe you watched part two and then you realize this is more torsos on rocks. I don't know, man. I just, I'm still baffled by it. I still feel like I've seen this movie before, but I've never seen this movie. If you know what I'm saying. 
there's right? a lot you of similarities. Like it feels like I have seen this. Um, yeah. One, one cool aspect was the fencing stuff. Fencing yeah. stuff, and then at the very end, yeah. there's a good reveal. He says, "Well, I always I left myself open because you know I kind of wanted to pay for what I've done, like they, the guilt that he had. Right? That was a nice touch. They bring up yeah, that. it's not a bad movie, but like wait, but like what? Says, yeah, he they, wanted to leave himself open. Well, she makes a comment about how he defends himself in fencing, or something about how he always does a uh, he doesn't have an offense; he only has a defense, or vice versa. He yeah, but he stopped first. the defense. Yeah, it, but she brings it up at the very end. She says, you let me win. He's like, well, you know, that's why I always approached my fencing like that on purpose because I felt like yeah. I should be punished for what right. I've done. Punished by losing a fencing match? By being killed at the fucking end of the movie. Oh, Spoiler. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, they, 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 use the, they use the metaphor through the whole movie and then they just spiel it out at the end kind of thing, right? right. They talk about the defense and, and hitting up top and low and you know defense and offense fencing and, looks fucking boring as shit yeah because it's like back, it like isn't it aren't you supposed to get like i don't know the rules but it's something to do with like it's all about defense you, you're not supposed to hit yeah. first you're not and that plays into the whole metaphor that they're that they're using i'm a counter striker yeah it's like a counter striker yeah like too. that's how you win don't that's that, that shit on me yeah that's I'm how sorry. you win that's <laughs> how that's how you win fence apparently you're not supposed to go for the gold right away you know it's not like you're going for a knockout punch it's like but yeah, it's they like use they use that metaphor through the film, and like I was getting that, even though I don't understand the rules of fencing, just like I don't understand cricket for the life of me. But I don't never it, need to. But you anyways, but you know what I'm talking about with the end of this thing when it goes back and forth of the reveal. It's like you know I did this, no, she did this. It was this and that. I was like, oh my god, shut the fuck up. Like it could like, it could be different, you know. It could have been fucking this way. It could have been that way. But like they just keep going back and forth, and I'm like, oh my god. There's the two outcomes, and like you're like, well, either the wife's alive or the wife's dead, right. and then you find the body, and you're like, well, the, that's so and so or that's so and so. But there is that one really crazy murder scene when the the I don't want to spoil who goes into the house to to investigate, and it yeah. has that yeah. crazy like white and all that. It's just like that stuff is insane. That, that stuff is like from a a, a giallo. Oh, that's a great. That's, that's the, a great kill. I've yeah. seen worse the kills be- in giallis. That's the best. Sh- that's the best scene in the entire movie. Because it's the way it's it, it shot from the ground up, you know what I'm saying? Like it shows, yeah. like it shows the character being so much bigger than they are, and it's coming. It's just in the lighting's all blue and shit. It's a good shot. It's a really good shot. What yeah, the like fuck is up with the end of the film with the, all the fans in the fucking freezer and stuff? That's like, is this their sweet. basement? <laughs> right. That's their kill room. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kill room, man. I mean, <laughs> the, the title. I mean, the title gives it away. The brutal, ins- the brutal insanity of love. Right. Yeah. the title is just like whoa it plays right into the reveal like it's just holy shit dude there's no beating around the bush on this i did dig the lesbian bar stuff and the tracking through the lesbian bar and the cop has to dance with somebody she doesn't want to (laughs) right that whole scene's cool but it's fairly obvious because they never show the face you know exactly that you're like is that the wife it's like i've never seen the wife before so it doesn't fucking matter if that's if you show the face well it must be the sorry spoiler we're probably it's got to be the husband. Nobody's watching Evil Dead Trap Three, bro. It's going to be. They only have one copy that looks like. <laughs> well, shit. obviously, I mean, the only question is really is the only question you have in this film is if the wife is uh, real or not, or if she's alive or dead, right? Yeah. And yeah. you so, know, you know, in that lesbian bar scene, you're like, okay, well, it's <laughs> like you just said, it's one of two things. Right, so dude, and it's got to be the guy because they would even they would just show her because there's no reason because you haven't seen her yet. Right, so they're hiding had, it for a reason. I just I had, I had a hard time a believing problem. I just had a hard time believing See, that he was pulling off the woman look in the lesbian bar because he was obviously picking up 
the victims as a female in the lesbian bar. That's the whole point of it. And uh, I'm just like looking at him going. But his I wife was jealous, right? I don't uh, his see wife was him as a lot of jealousy, so he was had to dress up as a as a female to pick up people to have sex with them, and his wife would kill them out of jealousy. I don't fucking know what their mo was, dude. I don't fucking get it, dude. Yeah, but then I didn't you get really the sense get that she only killed the one, and then she he killed was the two. Best. Well, killed one, and the other killed themselves, and then he killed the detective, the private eye who came in. Like I don't, I don't know what the fuck his mo was. He was a weird dude. Yeah, obviously. he's the one that kills the then, detective. And then, in the, like, in the there's a whole mo about like fucking to feed the gods or some shit <laughs> no but i mean like how what's he gonna do if one of these uh lesbians goes back with them and he's like hey you know i'm not actually a chick i'm a dude and they're like well i came to a lesbian bar i'm interested in a chick not some fucking professor who's gonna take me back to his wife is his wife fucking him what's going on it has something to do with satisf- like they play into the whole god thing and like they were sacrificing these women to do with sins right they were they were doing sacrifices to give back to the gods to basically um it had it, 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 it had to do to cleanse remember this it had to do with cleansing their sins and shit like Wait, that you don't Could, remember this dave yeah it was it they, they were they were they were sacrificed yeah they play into it man they, you know they, lesbians have to cleanse their sins they talk about the seagulls lesbians? how they were protecting the gods and stuff like that and they were talking about how the gods were these sacrifices Sorry, were made to cleanse your sins and shit like that, and that's why the sacrifices were made. We just said lesbian and seagulls, and nobody brought up the song "Lesbian Seagulls." Isn't that in Beavis and Butthead? Right, that's really funny. But <laughs> yes, but so like the end result of this is cleansing the the sins by sacrificing to the gods, and so that's what they believe. That's what they believed. It. I, I don't really think it had anything to do personally with sex. Like he wasn't bringing it back for her, his wife to have sex and the, the whole jealousy thing. I think that's how the whole thing started is because he yeah. fucked up as a husband and he cheated on his wife, obviously with his, one of his students and stuff like that. She got all jealous. She became a recluse. He did it twice. Yeah, he did it twice and stuff like that. He but then, but, but his way of <laughs> cleansing his sins was simply to, to do sacrificial because that's what people believed that these gods could do. Hence the seagulls but protecting the gods. His wife. Yeah, but she, his wife wanted to do it, not right? him. She jumped off the fucking roof. Right. Yeah, but you find the second body, and that's got to be the friend. That's why that the was detective the was interested. One yeah. Went yeah. yeah, yeah, Because they show Correct. a flashback of her picture. The right. private eye is pretty funny. I think he's pretty funny. Dude, I love the up. fact that he's always eating, and then when she comes over, she's like, why are you always she's eating? Pissed. He looks at her, and he goes, why are you such a bitch? And he throws the fucking food <laughs> on the ground, and he runs off, and then she picks she it up. She calls him a fat slob at <laughs> She one picks point. it up, though. I thought it was so I funny say, when she picks it I up. I will say a scene that... Uh, was like kind of shitty done a little bit was where, where the girl was in the car with the the axe or whatever the fuck with the windows right because like every time they would break a window which they fucking broke every window in the car it would break and then it would cut to her and there would be a delay and then she would scream <sighs> every time yeah it was like it was like badly edited it, it was a poor scene too because the side windows don't break like that that was annoying the shit out of me I don't remember this like what? movie as much. Well, as they, they were they weren't fully shattering, right? They were just kind of breaking through, so you can tell it wasn't like real glass. Because I don't so remember that kind that. of shit. You you pick up on that kind of shit like I do, and yeah. Well, I recently random shit. Well, honestly, recently, man, I was actually I don't know if I told you this, guys, but uh, I was waiting to turn and I was on this highway kind of thing, and I'm sitting there in my truck, and all of a sudden, smash! My fucking driver's side window got smashed out. A rock got spit at me. Don't you hate that? Dude? And it that fu- happened to me. But it literally just covered me in fucking glass, and that's how side windows break. They, when you break them, they don't just break through; they they fucking shatter into a million pieces, right? And these ones in that film well, were just that, kind of that's breaking. That's a tempered, 
that what I forget what they call it, but the, but it, again though, it also matters uh, the years because they've in vehicles they've used different glass throughout. You're right. Different You're right. Years. It could have been more of like a plexiglass in those cheap ass. Also, <laughs> also uh, in different countries, who the fuck knows? You know right. Well, it was actually the seagulls that broke that glass. <laughs> yeah, they were sacrificing <laughs> the glass to the gods. <laughs> they were sacrificing the glass to the gods, man. Dave well, said he didn't remember this movie as much as he thought. I didn't. Like, I remember, like, the guy. I remember the fencing. I remember his MO. I remember them driving back and forth between fucking towns all the time and them trying to figure out who was the fucking person in the dress, even though I knew it was the person in the dress right away. Yeah. But I don't yeah. remember a lot of the, the sacrificial stuff. I remember the wife being batshit crazy. It's in that I guess scene. That's all I just took from It's in that scene, too, because they, they allude to the whole gods and the seagulls. Like, oh, this place is known for the seagulls. And actually, when she's when the young detective is taking she that car ride, the, uh, the, the, um, the taxi driver, whatever, the the Uber driver, Uber taxi driver, he's explaining to her that this place is famous for the seagulls because they protect the gods. I remember so that. They, so they give you yeah. all that information, and then it's revealed in the end scene with you know the husband and the and the wife and, and and her and stuff like that and they talk about how everything kind of played itself out like you know with his relationship and cheating blah 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 and then this was like yeah. cleansing the souls i, I caught all of that i just yeah. don't remember also, like why are they keeping mode. that body around in like a bed i don't know dude i was actually I was, <laughs> a good question because i actually have this written down i'm like what's with why is the body just all dried out it's in all the fucking bed brown and shit no because there was other like bodies vegas but they got rid of there most were of the bodies body. in the freezer and yeah. then there's yeah. one that they laid out on the bed but there's well, also I mean, bodies have you ever that tried are... to fuck a frozen body jp but he yes. they, yeah they even talk about how you know he was the one that was throwing the shit off the fucking cliffs and there was torsos and body parts over here they got some in the freezer they got dried up bodies oh. in the bed i'm like what the they fuck? they definitely like- were freezing bodies and then i'm thawing them and throwing them later so they could fuck up the time frame Oh, for sure. Okay, that makes sense. But what's with the body in the bed, though? Mm. I don't. I can't. Is it because maybe it's the first? Maybe (laughs) maybe it's the first death because it was the the special one. It was the one bad for it. It was the one from five years. It was that girl. Maybe they put her out there so her friend would see her and be like, "Oh shit, she has a name." I can't remember oh, what her well, name. I don't is. remember anybody's name. Yeah, I, I don't. Mr. Not only do I not remember everybody's name, I don't fucking know who people are. In I don't even know sometimes. who you are, man. I don't know who you are. <laughs> like, um, I like, don't know who the guy with the deep voice is, and I don't know who the Jew is. I don't know who you are. You know I'm who kidding. I do I like. Have such a hard time with Asian movies where everybody has the same hair color and fucking every in the transfer sucks and every and i can't remember any names because it's like watching old black and white war movies where everybody has a helmet on well funny enough, everybody has the same fucking mustache and you're like Fuck. funny funny <laughs> enough in this movie you know the same director as the first movie right and our the wife's name is actually nami who is who is the lead character in the first one her name is nami also just a weird kind of i don't know if that's coincidental or and the lead actor in part two is the lead actor in this one yeah totally bizarre yep, that's that's why and, and the sure husband shiro shano sano or however you pronounce his name that guy is like in a million movies man like I've, i recognize that guy from places he just has one of those faces actually i'm gonna click he on did. to see how many how many credits does this guy fucking have i've seen him pop also, up and shit let me the see the only similarity 259 between. credits that's like cool dude yeah part two and three both have the uh he's in a bunch of godzilla movies so murders and uh, they all three of the movies involve pregnancies and babies and shit. That's right. about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- this is definitely the most like straight up stylized Italian giallo yeah. that you could. It's pretty much a giallo done in 93 is what it is without question. If the quality was better, I think this would be a pretty good movie. 
Yeah. yeah, I think I mean the the whole end shit needed to be like a little sorted out. But I think I mean I didn't hate I, watching this movie. I just anything. don't I like the way it. I thought the ending was self explanatory. I just didn't like the way they revealed it because he kept like denying. He was like, "No, I did this. No, she did this." And blah blah. And I was like, "Shut the fuck well, up, seriously, I think that dude." The motives are a bit weird for me. Yeah, I mean, moods. I mean, the thing is though, this is also a cultural thing too. Like certain cultures with the gods and all. That. Like, I mean, honestly, dude, like you don't really have too many people in Western in the Western world here sacrificing people to the gods. And so it, it happens in different. I, I don't cultures. think it happens much in Japan either. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. It, it does in this fictitious world, the, man. Uh, primary religion in Japan, like the the. Is like I know there's a lot of, Was it there's Shinto? a lot of Christianity and is it Shinto? Yeah, there's Shinto. Or Confucianism. Confucianism. There's that one. Is there not? Is there not like a bunch of Christianity there now too? Like it's all. There's different. Christianity, but there's there also was. Confucianism yeah. and Shinto. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really pay attention. Uh, I don't really yeah, pay Shinto too much attention. Shinto and Buddha, Buddhism are the two. Yeah, well, Buddhism is yeah. the first what about thing comes to mind. Is that a religion or just the? Th- a way to live. I don't fucking. Mm, it's like a denomination. <laughs> no, it's, a, like it's a denomination. It's a denomination of a certain religion. religion, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? I don't uh, know. You know how, like, uh, you know how Christianity no. has like 30 different types of sub names and religions. And then there's certain churches that you can't go to. If you're like, if you're a certain type of Christian, you can't go to certain churches and stuff. That's I'll why, they, that, that's why there's non-denominational any. churches <laughs> where they allow in everybody. You don't even have to be Christian and non-denominational churches like you can be you could be jeremy you could be a jew so well some 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 who, catholic who churches don't let me, you in on sunday they don't really give a shit yeah but there's certain places you that, just can't go that, to. Yeah. that um i think it, someone was telling me that basically kfc essentially like it sounds off topic to th- it's it's sort of related that that uh kfc tricked people to think that you ate kfc on christmas in japan so everybody it's KFC oh, fuck off christmas. i swear, I swear the busiest day the busiest restaurant in japan on christmas is kfc uh, it's actually it takes, up. it takes months in advance you have to place an order months in advance right because it's exactly true. in the 90s they true. did a commercial with like a bunch of Americans eat, eating KFC with like Christmas hats on and shit. <laughs> That's so stupid. Uh, so they thought that, that like, oh, th- this is what Americans do on Christmas. That's so dumb. That is so dumb. But no, it is. It is true. It, it is, is true. a thing. It is yeah. a thing with uh, KFC in Japan. It's interesting. Is that not what you guys do? No, we eat Chinese food. Juicy yeah, Chinese food, man. Disgusting. But. uh you guys have anything else on the on the film? I don't think there's really anything else no, to I'm say, good. is there? No, I'm good. <laughs> like, I think we're kind of okay. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got on this one? Uh, same as all the other ones, six and a half. Really? Yep. Across the board. Yeah, I'm I'm actually at the same rating, six and a half out of ten on this one. I did, you know, I enjoy the giallo elements of this, but I, honestly, this movie was kind of boring. Like, I was kind of bored in this shit, and maybe it's because the whole time I just was trying to pinch myself. I'm like, am I dreaming? Like I've seen this shit before. It was weird. I don't know. I would like to see this movie on a better transfer, to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, if it's gonna... Better transfer would probably help. Yeah. Cause I'd like to see that cinematography in nice, glorious 1080p, but yeah, six and a half out of 10 for me, man, it's a decent movie. It's just not that entertaining, honestly, kind of boring. And I hate using the word boring, but I do now for this. One. Yeah. Uh, me, I, I liked it. I thought it was uh, interesting. And I, the fact that it was like very Giallo influenced, like mm-hmm. um, basically made me more interested because I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen a Japanese Giallo before. Um, so 
that was cool but uh i gave it a six out of ten yeah all right so this is my least favorite of the three um it comes in at a 10 out of 10 <laughs> no, no really it, it's a six and a half i i like it it's entertaining to a certain extent but it also is just a little lackluster i mean after watching the first two where you're like these are really different really weird really kind of thought-provoking or violent or something this one was like kind of standard like yeah really standard it had a couple moments that were amazing and the the location was great but it was very police procedural i feel like if i had have went through and watched this movie i, I watched the first two on friday night i felt like that yeah, sorry and i and i just feel like if if the second one had to make me you know if it hadn't broke my brain and got me thinking about it so long i probably would have just popped this one in and watched it but i don't think i think i would have just it probably would have been even a lower scoring for myself you know <laughs> i'm glad that i sat on a little bit but the, yeah the 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 scene where she's like following the car i felt like that went on forever it did this movie is really long. Like actually all three of these movies are like a hundred to 102 minutes. Like yeah, all, they're all like, yeah, they're, they're all pretty long movies. I think all of them definitely run too long for sure. Definitely a complaint. Um, but this one, yeah, this one feels really long. Cause I just feel like there's, it's just not that exciting. Uh, mermaid legend is the movie he directed that has the good reputation. So if anybody wants to check right. it out from 1984, right. Well, I'm sure when we pull 84, we'll check it out. Yeah, I'll watch it right away. It'll be one of the first 10 I watch, probably. Cool. All right. So, yeah, that's going to conclude the Evil Dead Trap trilogy. Thank you, Zaza, for the Patreon pick. We really enjoyed it. Um, Nothing wrong with this at all. So, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Conversations. More Asian flicks, please. I I will say, man, I will say category three, volume two. Yeah, this went on a lot longer than I actually thought it was for the reviews, so that's that's always a plus. So, but uh, that I, I got nothing else. Do should we just get out of here? We got a football game to watch, so yeah, let's go. All right, oh, all right. thank you everybody for listening to episode two hundred and fifteen of the twenty two shots of Moods and Horror podcast. If you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods six one six. If you want to follow the uh, mathematician JP, you can do so at youtube.com slash double Math oh Oh my god, that's actually really funny. That's really funny. Uh, There's Jeremy's one good joke for the year. That was good. Starting Uh off early this year, huh Jeremy? (laughs) Yeah. Mathematician Uh, seventeen days into the year. Uh, if you want to follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NES Rule 22, and you can follow the old man, cranky ass Dave, youtube.com slash Mr. Parker. So always leave us a voice about 724 426 Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com, search for our 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. But unfortunately, that page is now dead too. And please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. And please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina, patreon.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. All right, everybody, that should be it for this week's episode. <laughs> Of the 22 shots of Moods and Horror podcast, we'll be back next week with I don't know. We haven't. Are, we, are we doing a show next week? I don't know. I, I have no idea what's happening. Don't know what. What do we still have in store? Uh, we could do Peter Jackson. Oh, that's right. Uh, Is that two or three movies? Two. I, three. I could. I could. I can record next week. Okay, we'll, we'll do Peter Jackson. Well, well, I don't know if I want to. What, what else is on there? Um, the Scream Factory show. I think that's it, right? Universal. No, what about that Extreme show? Oh, an Extreme. That's only two movies. That's easy. What is that? 
Serbian, Serbian film, film and, and I can't remember. Yeah, what's the other one? Other. Uh, Singapore Sling. Oh, Singapore Sling. Oh, wow. I've never seen Singapore Sling. I sure. I missed that. We'll do fucking, that one. I missed that DVD from uh, Synapse. I think it's out of print now. Fuck. There's a Blu-ray moods. Dude, Is I'm that? dreading that show because I have okay. no fucking clue what to do with the thumbnail. Just fucking put a baby on it and call it a day. Oh, you could probably just grab <laughs> some clips from uh, Serbian film and just throw them on there. <laughs> <laughs> just have that director screaming. <laughs> I want JP to watch that movie too. The headless doggy style scene. Oh. oh. All right, we'll figure out what we're going to do. All right, guys, we're out of here. Deuces. Peace out.